I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Yeah, g'day draft degenerates. Welcome to the first hit up of 2024 season for the wire. And of course, you're talking to all three of us. We've got the rub down, myself, Natty, Walker, and the baby blues, yeah. the Roo. What's going on, Guru? The Boys, Roo. I've missed you. I'm not going to lie. I have really, really missed you. And how good is it <laughs> to be talking a bit of draft again? How good? Oh, from it's, it's never too early. Thing. Never too early in the season. Mate, we started very early. Premature ejaculation for draft. We were hitting it in November. Wild scenes, absolute mm. wild scenes. But now it's it's January. We're uh, we're humming. We're up and going now, and and starting to try and click the mind into gear for the 2024 draft. How are you going with it, all mate? It's got you're, you're spinning a lot of plates, Guru. Is draft still up there for you? Yeah, still number one by far and away. Uh, probably been a little bit quieter in the preseason than previously, but uh, we'll be gearing up over the next few weeks. We've got, uh, for classic people, we've got Beers and Breakevens returning this week. So we're getting stuck into that with the great uh, Timmy Williams, who just signed with the mm. Raiders. So very exciting times. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. That's Timmy. Yeah, Timmy's absolutely flying at the moment. And then uh, we've got, yeah, a heap of draft content coming. I think my draft is 37 days away, the boys might have said Ooh. yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's warming up very quickly. Got some work to do, mate. Mm. And being the president of the CBA Association, I mean, you should be all over it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, boys, uh, as you can see, I'm actually in the new studio, which... Uh, <laughs> The new studio's <laughs> named the uh, CBA Centre of Excellence. So uh, this oh. is where they all come through. Yeah, love that. <laughs> love that. It's a pretty well, strong resume. I'm going to pop the top off one of these Mark Tinicellos because I'm very thirsty. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good gear. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Not right, a where do we start? Long, I've, I've, heard, I've heard you've got a bit of a bone to pick with this guru. Go on then. This will be cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> now, boys, 
I uh, obviously do a lot of content with a lot of people and um, you two I consider to be genuine friends. There's other people like uh, the Broncos winger, uh, Phoenix Crossland, uh, Bobby Boucher that I, I consider to be associates, <laughs> but I consider you two to be genuine friends of mine, uh, day oneers. Yep. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, every year I like to throw you a little bone early, give you a little tip. And uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know, like an Isaac Tungo, whether it's a Ruben Cotter last year for Wook, it was Jermaine Hopgood. Um, yep. I've got a little tip for you this year. Ooh. And uh, there's good news and there's bad news. So I'm going to start with the positive. Uh, obviously, yeah. I want to congratulate you both uh, with babies on the way. It is mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. news. And I'm super excited for you. Thank uh, you. The <laughs> negative. And sometimes... Sometimes it takes someone that cares about you a lot to deliver news to you sometimes that you need to hear. Uh, I am so fucking sick of hearing a 10 to 15 minute opening to every one of your fucking podcasts about (laughs) how you've got a kid or your wife's pregnant. I have never seen two blokes (laughs) that are more fucking desperate to convince people they've had sex. It is unfucking believable and it has to stop. (laughs) What? Mate, do you uh, do you stretch before you do any sort of physical activity? You know, warm up before you play football, anything like that, because that's what we're we all about. Lo- just got to loosen the tonsils. That's somehow. it. Just and just it's, warm it's into just it, about baby. Bitching and moaning about the the situation we've got. This type of excellence in podcasting just doesn't cut straight off the bat. We have to warm <laughs> into it, and and Excellent. it's hard to peak so early, so quickly. We get there eventually, but like we need to warm into it, baby. And yes, I, I do need to realize, I make everyone realize that there is a woman out there that will lay next to me. Boys, the content game is a Don't young man's game, chance. and you two, you're falling further and further away with that sort of chat. I'm, I'm just telling you the harsh reality so we can get it sorted. Well, here she is. I was um, I was carrying on about uh, Wooker maybe shitting the bed in this podcast, but my. God, haven't you just fucking come on here? He's had a sledge, one of the sledges. He's been practicing it in front of his in the mirror. He's dropped the sledge and then dropped his bundle, got out of here before we could have anything to retaliate with. What a coward. <laughs> it's a coward move. Yeah, sorry about that, boys. I uh, And you know what? I'm not even insulted by the uh, practicing in the mirror because that happened for two and a half hours today. Uh, and I thought I nailed it until the internet turned off. So good times. How good? Oh, God, that is classic. That is very good. That is very good. I'll cop it on the chimp too, fuck. Yeah, yeah. You wait until you start having kids, Guru. It is fucking your life and it's disgusting, but it is. Won't hear a word from me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Suffer in silence, then, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Well, boys, I thought I'd get us all together here for the wire because as this preseason builds, there are some really interesting burning questions for Mm. the draft in 2024, which we'll get to. And one of the best people to talk to uh, about these questions is the Rue himself because he's got his little birdies, he's got his ear close to the ground, he's got his finger on the pulse, which we love. So plenty of good uh, shit coming out for that. But I just thought we'd kick it off with a little bit of a draft strategy chat. Guru, you're probably going to draft before uh, Wook and I, mm, so you, yeah. you need to fucking get your shit sorted quick. Talk to me. Where are we heading here? Do you know Do you know where you're picking? How is your, If not, how, how is your league picking the draft order? Um, boys, I wish I had more answers for you, but um, 
We uh, we always allow the okay, winner of our. Good. Thanks for coming, Guru. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> we always allow uh, the previous year's winner to pick sort of how we do draft day challenges and whatnot. And last year, uh, oh, so a, it's not up to you. Nah, okay. it's not up to me. And it was a privilege last year that the bloke it was a like, great for content and everything. The bloke, the bloke that uh, won the year before, Al, he. Uh, he chose a Melbourne Cup sweep. So I knew a couple of months out what was happening. It was great. Uh, mm. Stevie, Stevie Hebner, who's a big uh, rubdown listener, he, uh, he texted me straight away when you called us uh, the Mickey Mouse League the other day. Got <laughs> got really upset, the poor fella. Um, he, um, Rattled. He, he won it last year with the second, maybe third best team in the comp, but he won it last year. Um, so it's up to him uh, how we do our challenges, and I – I think it's going to go back to our usual shit fight of uh, you find out an hour before draft what's Ooh. happening. So, yeah. yeah it's I good, though. I don't mind that. Yeah. There, there, there is some merit to that because it does – everyone does start fucking panicking pretty quickly. It suits quickly. me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the people that, you know, put the effort in and are prepped and ready to go an hour before, like, what the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. I, I yeah. cannot tell you how good it was, though, having – Five months of knowing Nathan Cleary is going to be my first pick. It just, I, I oh, it yeah. was, it was the easiest thing in the world. So, looking forward to the challenge again this year of the chaos. So, really, the only one of us who knows where they're picking is Wooker at pick eleven. Yep. Who do you think you're going to get, Wooker at pick eleven, or who you're hoping slides to you at eleven? Sorry, do, oh, does Wook know who he's picking simply because he's not going to be there? Yeah. Oh, cop that. So you get, I, yeah. So you get, you get, um, so I automatically get, uh, 11, well, the second last pick because I've got a legitimate excuse not to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's two blokes that aren't coming. If you don't come, no. sorry, you can't be in the challenges. So you can't come, you can't come any more than last or second last, depending yeah. on, uh, when you get your excuse in. So, Walker having a child, I deem that a, a better excuse than whatever the other cunt's doing. He's flying overseas or whatever. So Walker gets yep. pick eleven. What are we thinking here, Walk? Oh mate, there's a, there's a couple of ones that I'd be very keen for if they slide pretty far. Look, legitimately, I think one that may slide. And look, I got burned by it last season, but Tommy Turbo might slide back there. And look, if it's a it's a risk that I'd be willing to take. Um, but yeah, someone might want to take the risk earlier. But when you he's look ready at to be like, hurt again, people. Yeah, I know. When you when you look at guys like Fafita, I mean Tino, I'm probably not looking at, and like Grant's probably going to go a bit earlier. Munster's probably going to go a bit earlier, and I'm not that not that keen on him. Um, yeah, I've got to do a bit of study and and have a look at the guys, what the guys picked last season as well. That are obviously going to pick ahead of me because that'll give you us sound rattled already, bro. I've got you this year. I'm just going to put it out straight away. Can we time? Stamp I'm in that? your. I'm in your brain, can we, bro. Can we? Can we time stamp that? <laughs> I will. Five oh four. Boys, uh, do we genuinely think Turbo can get down to eleven? I. If I was pick seven, I didn't. I didn't think Turbo would get to me. To be honest with you, I, there is not a hope in hell. I would let him get past pick five or six. Maybe I'm mad, but I would not let him go. You there. You, you have a look at the last four seasons and how many games he's played in those each of those seasons. I don't think it matters though. That's, he's a guy that that's, can win a That's comp. the reason. Yeah, yeah, but a, a lot of the guys in my league, in our league, sorry, are, are pretty risk averse with those type of picks. So, look. It's a risk I'd take it at where I am. If I was pick seven or pick eight, I'm not sure if I, if that that risk is something that I'd want be wanting to take. 
If I told you he hasn't played over 15 games in the last five years, would that surprise you? No, not, not at all. But you know that when he's on the field, if he's just fit for those couple of games, yeah. Fuck for it. sure. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it surprised me. I actually didn't think it was that bad. I was like, oh, he, he might have had a couple of bad years. Obviously, um, you know, 2022 was a, a pretty poor year. But when I looked mm. in, I was like, fuck, the cunt never plays. Yeah. It's a – and that that's one of the reasons why I think he might he might slide um, that far. So, look, but, I'm not – are you going to gamble that the year you let him slip is the year he plays 22 oh, games boy, and wins it, a comp for you? If he plays 22 games this year, you're taking him pick three next year. 100%. If not pick 100%. three. I, fuck, yeah, uh, there's sure. not a hope in hell I'd be letting him get out of the top five. Mm, wow, that's that's a little bit too uh, juicy that's, for my that, liking. That's, that's a bit spicy. For I like him at around yeah, pick eight, something like that. I'm, I'm willing to go. There's a, there's a few other guys that uh, I, I'd like over him, but – Again, you know, we're big gamblers and he is the number one draft gamble and has been for the last five years. Every year it's a gamble and you, you make the gamble and everyone's fucking stoked when they have him. Everyone's stoked. Then he gets injured and everyone goes, mm. fuck. But yeah. maybe this is the year that he plays a full season. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned about what my options will be, but I'm not going to know until until the day. So I'll, I'll do some prep. I'll, I'll have a few strategies in place. And look, I'm still going to nail it one way or another. Oh. Oh. Look, hey, mate, let's look back at every draft day. It's not the draft day that I fail. No, at. that's that's true. That's very true. That's my very track true. record is good. Yeah, it's um, it's – Every when whenever you look at those YouTube videos, where cunts are getting the speed wobbles, they don't get they don't get the speed wobbles when they start pedaling. It's a little bit down the track when they start getting those whoop, 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 whoop. the Wooker wobbles. Can't yeah. wait the twenty twenty four Wooker wobbles. Looking forward to them immensely. All right, well, do we start getting into some questions here? Because fuck, we've got some sexy ones here. Ooh, the first one I want to begins. I want to kick off with is the Knights back rower situation here, Guru. So mm. we actually recorded the 2RF podcast the other night. Hasn't dropped yet, but one of my chub rubs or my main chub rub is Tyson Frizzell. And this was mm. before I heard you talk about him playing left. So I had already picked up wow. that there was some value to be had in Tyson Frizzell just because of some of the injury-affected games or resting or whatever it may be, just fluctuation in minutes over the last couple of years. He actually averages sixty over 60 in 80-minute games over the last two, two years. So there's value there anyway. And then you put in the fact that he may be playing on one of the most potent attacking edges in the game. That's something that I like. But also the talk of Kai Pierce-Paul or um, Dylan Lucas Mm. getting, and I don't care where, whoever gets the shot, I don't care which edge they play. Either of them I'm pretty interested in, really interested in Dylan Lucas. But can you shed some light on the Knights back rower situation? Have you heard anything? Is there anything concrete about Frizzell on the left. Talk to me, son. I am pretty sure you will see Tyson Frizzell line up on the left. Um, I wouldn't Ooh. say it's 
concrete, but uh, it is drying, boys. It is drying very quickly. If you tried to put a handprint in it, you'd come up with duck eggs, I think. Uh, so I think you'll see Frizzell on the left edge. That right edge is interesting. Uh, Kai Pierce-Paul, he's had an injury in the offseason, uh, so I don't mm. think he'll be there round one, round two, early days. So He's a unit, though, isn't he? He is a unit for sure. Uh, I Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he – when he was over in the Super League, he played a bit of centre, he played a bit of second row. Mm. Uh, he played on the right edge as well. Um, I think long-term wise, he will be the back rower there. Dylan Lucas is very interesting. Uh, mm. I'm sure you boys have gone through his stats and it's a small sample size, yeah. five or six games, which yep. in terms of a season is small, but five or six games is a reasonably good whack. I think he's averaging about 50 base stats across those games when he's playing in the back row. Um, I reckon he is every chance to land that spot, but I think once Kai Pierce-Paul is fit and available, um, it's going to be very interesting I also wouldn't rule out Jed Cartwright either, uh, which is far from an exciting option. uh, But I certainly wouldn't be ruling Jed out. I think, um, you know, like all teams, the Newcastle Knights have realised they can score points left, right and centre, but they uh, defensively they need to aim up. Um, which, you know, as we know, that that, that left side, uh, you've got Bradman Best, you've got Greg Mars, you're two guys that have struggled in the past defensively, and I believe that's why Tyson Frizzell is making the move over there. So it's got yeah, nothing to do with attacking upside. Up. I think it's about shoring yeah. up that edge. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we get to that right edge, you might have Kai Pierce-Ball, you might have Dylan Lucas with a bit more upside, but wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if the best defender wins on that edge. Um, mm. I think Pierce-Ball coming over here, I'm very excited about him, huge upside. Uh, but I think it'll be a big test defensively. Uh, Him and the other kid that's come over, Will Price, uh, I think the physicality will be a big step up. So I think it might take a little bit of time. It is a faster game as well. 100%. Compared to Super League. Without a doubt. Yeah, he's got all the ability. Kai Pierce-Paul, I'm very excited about him. But this Dylan Lucas, fuck, if you draft him and he manages to hold on to that edge spot, fuck, even if he doesn't play 80 minutes, if he plays 60 minutes... I reckon you've got yourself absolute fucking gold there, but it is a big gamble because that is a crowded little spot, that right edge. Yeah, but, I mean, what what would you be spending? Like a 17th pick or something like that? Like, no, no one's really looking at him. Oh, people will be looking at him, much. I think. I think people will be looking yeah. at him, especially with Kai Pierce-Paul out for the first few weeks, mate. Yeah, You're going to get yeah. to all your predicted mm. team lists, and he's going to be there. Mm. No one's going to see Kai Pierce-Paul in trials. So I, I think the stocks of Dylan Lucas will absolutely skyrocket. He is... Mm. One of the few dual position guys, 50 in base start. He's going to be a talking point in Classic as well. I reckon the closer the season gets, the more popular Dylan Lucas is going to get. I reckon he'll be hot property. In Classic, is he priced at a 55 average? He's priced at about a 40 point average. So he's like, there's a bit of gain there, but if he plays Mm. 80 minutes there, he could almost be a cash cow at fucking 400K, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's one of those things, isn't Mm. it? Like as soon as guys get... Um, get to talking about uh, players that are really good for classic. The the draft value just bottoms out. Yeah, and every get, year we see get it overdrafted for sure. Yep, we start going, yeah, okay, fuck this guy looks good. And then classic, if he's a really good option in classic, it's just all over social media, and that sort of line between classic and draft gets muddled, and the value just bottoms out. But very interesting. All three guys, to be honest. I mean, Tyson yeah. Frizzell, really yeah. interested in him. He only scored four tries. I mean, if he throws another three or four on top of that, playing on that edge, especially when defenses oh, probably aren't looking at him when mm. they're attacking, when you've got Best, KP, Marzu. Um, yeah, fuck. That's uh, that's very sexy. I'm big, I'm big on Tyson Frizzell. And I was before he was playing left. 
I think if you scored points for decoy runs, I think he's going to go really well. I don't think he's going to be on the on the end of many of those attacking raids, if I'm honest. Yeah, but you, you know, go back so? and watch them how they played oh. last year, man. Lucky Fitzgibbon played an integral yep. part in a lot of those games. There was a lot like hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I think Frizzell will still get a lot of ball there. I think he'll come up mm. with a lot of a you know offloads to KP. Off, and, off, offloads is probably where we'll get yeah. the offloads leading to tries and things like that. Is yeah. definitely and, and like you, you have a look tries. at the way that Jackson plays in particular. Obviously, watching very closely. If he's on that left edge, mm. Jackson loves to play to his back rower and get a quick play the ball off the back of it. And I know with an experienced head like Frizzell, he will use him all the time down there. So I I, I, I think he will be in for a uh, uptick in attack, oh, Frizzell. Yeah. All, all, I, all you have to do is look back at uh, Tyson Frizzell playing in other teams and the halfbacks that have played next to him or the 5 that have played next to him. Like, take your mind back to when he was playing State of Origin. He had, you know, some of the best halves in the comp. Yeah playing next to him and them using him. He was an ATS for me, betting-wise, every single game that he was playing because yeah. he runs such a hard fucking line and he does it consistently. And all you have to do is start using the guys around him, wait until defences move or slide away from him, and he's going to run that fucking gap and just ball off the hip. He's so hard to stop. I mean, he's a fucking strong boy. So mm. I think I think he can honestly score seven, eight, nine tries in 2024 if he's on that left edge. And in the last couple of years, he's had so many injury-affected games that have impacted his average season long. So you add, what, four points to those those averages from last season – He's already getting around that 60 average. Yep. So, And the funny thing is, it, like, he, he does have those injury-affected games, but he's still playing 20-plus games in both mm. those seasons. So yeah, it's like the perfect scenario. Like, yep. there's enough there to show you some value, but he's still – you can have a look at the games he's playing and you go, well, he's, he's pretty fucking stalwart with the games that he's playing. You know, he's not – it's not as if he's having mm. an injury-affected game and then having four or five games off because of that injury. He's yeah, usually yeah. back the next week or something like yeah. that. It's just one or two games that are being limited with minutes and um, that's showing up in his um, averages well, – value for average anyway. And, and so this is where like as well, like, there's, there's better halfbacks in the game, obviously, than Jackson, but – the way that Jacko, like he's a master of just the little small things in rugby league as far as squaring up and like he will just get Tyson one-on-one with halfbacks so often. It will mm. be his entire fucking mission mm. the entire season and there's not too many guys in the league that are just week to week are better than that. Uh, I think I said yesterday on Instagram, Real, didn't shock me that as soon as Caelan Ponga finally had a halfback that understood the game and understood the basics mm. of it. He wins a Dahlia medal in 15 weeks. Like, not a coincidence yeah. at all. I mean, he, he's a real good foil to, to Ponga's attack and output. 100%, so, yeah. yeah. Imagine being a defender and looking up and you've got Hasto with ball out in front and then you've got Best lining up. Marzu, the beast, is out there on the wing. Big fucking Tyson Frizzell is charging at you. And KP ready to goose step the fuck out of you around the back. Like, what do you do? Hands on heads, not playing anymore. Yeah. I'd be pulling a hammy. I'm done. Coach, get me off. I don't want any part of this. Fuck this. It is going to be special that night's left. Um, all right, let's move on. Des Hasler's effect on the Titans, especially the Ford pack. Mm. So Wook and I were touching on this when we are talking about David Feeder and Tino especially. What's your thoughts here, girl? I have heard you speak a little bit about this, obviously taking your mind back to Des Hasler when he was coaching Manly and how he was rotating his forwards. What's your thoughts here? Is it going to Im- impact 
these Titans players, especially these guns that you're going to have to pay up big for. And I'm talking about David Feder and Tino. Yeah, I think you definitely need to take it into consideration. There's a number of factors out there at the Titans that has me worried. Obviously, as a super coach prospect, I should say, I'm very excited about it as an NRL side. But as a super coach prospect, Des Hasler, similar to Wayne Bennett, well known for completely fucking super coach forwards. Um, you know, you can add and, Todd Payton to that. Yes, fair. He's starting to grow in that realm, yes. But uh, Desi Hasler, he's on <laughs> Mount Rushmore, you know. He, he's just been doing it for <laughs> yes, years. Is, yeah. uh, I was yeah. talking to my mate Steve, who won our comp last year, who, who's very good at Supercoach draft, and he he drafted for feeder last year. So he's obviously uh, a little bit higher on him than mm. the average bear. But he sort of said to me that he doesn't see any concerns with them whatsoever. And I just sat there and went, fuck, I'm sorry. Right. But the, 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 he is... There are a lot of concerns that, for me, don't make him an absolute slam dunk. I think the other thing you need to consider, and I think it's very unlikely, but with Bo Furmore returning, like he was carving on, on the left edge before he got injured. Uh, and, you know, who's the better option on the left edge? I think it's Fafita 100%. Don't get me wrong. But if Furmore can can play well on the left edge and you know Fafita can be as dominant on either side of the fucking field, you might see Fafita jump over to the other mm-hmm. side. I don't think it'll happen, but when you're drafting your... You know, like I, I, I think in some comps based on averages last year, and you know the way that people think the Titans are going to improve, I think Fafita could go six, seven around that mark. Hundred percent. That's that's where that, if I not think lower. Got impacted about seven or eight. See, for, for me, I'd be looking elsewhere. Like I'd be, yeah, I'd be definitely going a guy like uh, Scotty Drinkwater before I go with Dave Fafita. Without, I think I, I honestly think they'd be crazy moving Fafita across back to the right. He changed. He changed the way he was playing last season. He started to take the game a bit more serious. He was mm. definitely doing the tough stuff. And from an NRL perspective, he wasn't drifting in and out of games. He was in there doing doing the hard work, which yeah. you haven't really seen from him before. Um, that excited me. Um, and I, I think a lot of that had to do with Forum. Yeah. And, and I think Foz has been a really good influence on him. But uh, like, speaking Firma's speaking of Froz, speaking of Foz. Uh, uh, is because obviously Desi coming in, having a relationship with Foz, do you think Desi goes to Foz first up, probably the first person he talks to in mm. his team and goes, what am I doing here? What should I change? What are you and liking? Foz, Foz wasn't there when Firma was playing either, was he? Mm. So is it is it a is it a case of Foz going, don't take Fafita away from me. I, I need him next to me. I'm, you know, I'm working with him. It's going well. Touch anyone else, but... The combination I've got with Dave Fed is working, so just leave it. And maybe, you know, Foz is one of the only blokes that, that Desi had listened to. And I think there's every chance that plays out. But once again, this is Des Hassel we're talking about. Uh, yeah. The more common sense you try to apply, probably the further you're going to get away <laughs> from it. So, I, right, and so you know true. what, like the beauty of this, that unless you're one of those Muppets that's fucking drafting in fe- on Feb 1, you will hopefully get to see at least one or two trials. Mm. And if you have mm. haven't got your eyes painted on, you should be at least be able to see which side of the field for feeder and both Furmore are standing on. So we'll have more yeah. information when we get there. But I just, I don't know, that it's just, he's just had a long history of just screwing around with super coach forwards uh, that I just don't trust. And I think with Fafita, you know, he's going to be a decade-long a decade long guy there. Um, you know, he's now playing Origins. He's playing internationals. Like, his schedule's just getting busier and busier. He's injured right now. He had to have off-season surgery mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, there's just... He's, I, not, he's not a certainty for round one. No, he's not. And, he's, and, and, yeah. and that's the other thing as well. You might not see him in trials. And it, what, what, mm. what the fuck are we going to do if we get to trials and Bo Furmore, because Fafita's not there, is lining up on his edge? 
Yeah. Which mm. there is every chance that's going to play out and you get to draft day and you're trusting that your number one pick is this juggernaut second row playing outside Kieran Foran when he could end up outside Tanner Boyd on the weaker side for the rest of the season. Mm. I don't think he will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big punt to take. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, It's interesting, isn't it? Flipping, flip, flipping the side of the coin though, where do you take Firmo coming off an ACL? Mm. Do you take him at all? Or do you let him become someone else's problem? Another guy that I think will be very, very popular. He's going to be very relevant in Classic. He's going to be spoken about. He's going to be on everyone's radar, Bo Fermor. Um, I probably a lot, won't. A lot, less, a lot less risky in Classic, obviously. Heaps less risky. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but once again, if we get to trials and he's running outside Kieran Foran, his stocks are going to absolutely skyrocket, mm. which there's every chance yeah. he probably could be. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't that long ago we were looking at Bo Fermor, everyone tipping him, oh, he'll play Origin next year. So yeah, I think yeah, he'll be a very true. popular guy. He's an attacking guy. Like, and, and I, I sort of, before I looked at his stats, because it's been so long since I've seen Bo Fillmore play footy, I, I just sort of went, ah. Oh. Mate, you, you forgot his name. Forgot his name. I, I, like, you just sort of think, ah, <laughs> uh, he averaged well because he scored a lot of tries. Then you actually look at his stats, and he's, like, his base stat averaging, like, a high 45 to 50 sort of range from memory. Mm, yeah, with, yeah. With scoring Which is sexy. 10 tries. So let's say yeah. halves mm. that. That's still a great season. Yeah. Rule of thumb, though, in draft is never draft someone with it coming off an ACL. Well, the first year back from an ACL anyway. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's yeah. a new rule that I, I'm employing for sure. It's I, always been a rule. You just ignored it last year. Yeah, that's true. But but I also <laughs> think there's so many people that apply that rule that there becomes value in these guys. And yeah. both Furmore yeah. might have averaged 60 two years ago. I wouldn't draft him at a 60 average, but I'm confident he can get a 52-53 average which there's great yeah. value there all of a sudden. And that is the the, the caveat be, behind everything that we say, right, is that, yes, we're saying, okay, there's risk behind Fafita, there's risk behind Tanner, there's risk behind Fermil, but at some point in a draft, these cunts need to be taken because yep. of value. You need to be like water. You need to hit, keep your head on a swivel. And, fuck, if people are taking heed of these, these risks and they let them slide, then – it's worth the risk at some point in the draft. So yeah. that's behind everything that we talk about here. And that's, I mean, that's the fun of the draft, isn't it? Because it's like, look, if he's at this pick, I'm not a big, but if he slips two or three more picks past that. Exactly right. And, and I hello. think it's a really good time to point out and remind people that with a lot of guys, I know myself anyway, this time of the year, I'm looking for the negatives of blokes because yep. a guy like Fafita, like, do I need to point out to you guys that he's hard to fucking tackle and every time he gets into dummy half, he scores a try? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they, like uh, you, exactly. you know what the upside is, but the downside mm. is what you need to be aware of coming into a season like this. Yeah. And selfishly, I like to put out as much negative press about players as possible and hope that the people in my league are listening <laughs> so that it muddies the water a little bit and then all of a sudden, <laughs> hello, that draft value just pops into my lap. <laughs> and don't lie, Guru, you know you do it. Don't know what you're talking about, boys. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I reckon. No, no comment. <laughs> the one guy that really worries me about in that whole situation is Tino because mm. big boy, I think his minutes get cut. Minutes, he's a minutes, he's a yeah. guy that I, I like. It'd have to be fantastic value for me to take. I'm more you confident. Got, you got Palace coming in. You got a, a fit Joe Majolif again. Like, got and we know Desi likes that. to rotate his big mm. boys and keep them fresh. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, does he need to play 
Tino at 65 minutes like he has been? Probably not. I mean, it's great for us when he plays 65 minutes, but Desi doesn't give a fuck about Supercoach. So yeah. he's the one I'm really worried about, and I'd, I'll let him slide. Yeah. Actually, I'll just let him be someone else's problem, to be honest. The only thing about Tino that makes him appealing is the jewel. Yep. Yep. One and of the very few. That is going to be yep. absolute gold jewel. this year. Are there well, jewels? Are there jewels this year? I think the other thing with Tino that once again, you need to take into consideration the Desi Hasler factor, but I think that they are the sort of team, the Gold Coast Titans. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are expecting them to have a top eight or a top four spot locked up in round 26, 27. Like I think there is every chance they're one of those teams that has to play late to make a finals charge. Um, mm. And you just know that if they're must win games, I don't know if Des Hazler has any choice but to turn to, in my opinion, a top two front row forward in the world to play big minutes and create yep. opportunities. So yeah. if you get an absolute slam dunk pick at number one, like a one, two or three, I don't love it, but I can understand you thinking with Tino that by the end of the season, they're probably going to be desperate for him to play big minutes. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, for the rest of the season, you better be damn confident that you're going to be able to compensate for Des Hasler's complete and utter fuckery yeah. for the rest of the year. And if you're in a captain's league, it's not a slam dunk as a captaincy option yeah. in those periods. And like, if you're spending possibly a turn pick on Tino, fuck, like yeah. well, he scored six tries. You just can't bank on that. Yeah. Mm. I don't care who I don't care who it is. You just not can't go in row forward a lot. You just can't go into a season and and expect that to be replicated. So mm. and then so that plus Desi, it's just too many alarm bells for me. Oh, oh, I let's think, get though, that if you if you land like a yep. Nathan Cleary and you've got first pick and then you come back, like in a comp like mine when you're, what are you, pick 28 or something, oh, I can understand the dual surely. position stuff there. I, I can get it yeah. there. But then your next pick has to be another high ceiling guy, whether you – and even if you try and pair up with Nathan Cleary getting an Isaac Tungo or a Taylor May, whoever mm-hmm. plays right centre, that's probably the only time I can really understand it. But I still don't think it's going to be for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm on the same page, brother. What about the Panthers lineup? Now, I've already uh, soiled myself over the thought of Isaac Tungo playing right centre. I just think everyone fucking wins in that scenario. Cleary wins, Tungo wins, To'o wins. Everything's just super scintillating for me, and I'm getting right up around it and, and behind and, and it Taylor, and, and in ta- it. And, and Taylor May's still playing it. on the left as well. So does that happen or does Taylor May play right centre? What are the birdies saying? What are the whispers saying? Because, yeah, I want I want it to be ta- Tungo on the right. Yeah, I, I don't have any solid mail on this one just yet, to be completely honest with you. But I think that, you know, th- there's obviously going to be two, two spots available in that back line, depending on where Isaac Tungo lands and where Taylor May lands. Um, the only thing that worries me with them is that, you know, like Tyron Peach is in the squad still as well. Um, mm. I just I and he it. played well last season. He played well, yeah. Um, there's obviously you know Tom Jenkins who's coming to the side as well. Uh, yeah. I, oh, sorry, sorry, he, he's up at Newcastle. He went to the Knights. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, but just with those two, I just I'm not quite sure where they land. I look at Taylor May, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen photos of him stuff in the preseason, but he has built like a fucking house now. He. Um, he, to me, looks like he's trained to be sounds, a centre, not a winger. Sounds like he's been centre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, I think Taruva's almost locked down that other wing spot, though, hasn't he? 
maybe that's why he's, you would he's assume he's so. Need to put on a bit of size. I would say so. Yeah. So yeah. I think Isaac Tungo showed last year that he can play right. But I made I, I think that Taylor May is so fucking talented that it wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, to see him land on the right as well. So, obviously, a big watch in trials. And uh, similar to what we said with the Titans, I'm sure trial one or two, it'll be very evident who's running yeah. out uh, left and right side. Uh, but yeah. I think both of them are going to be very good grabs this year. Taylor May is going to be very popular because I think just about everyone will own him in Supercoach Classic. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So, he'll be He's right up there. And obviously, Isaac Tungo, um, CBA graduate class of 2022, very popular pick as well. So, keep your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Got to give you wraps there, brother, because fuck, nailed it. Um, what, what, and what are the six CBA Academy hats coming out? Yeah. Where's the merch? Surely it's in the pipeline. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go, people. Um, I'll just take my mind back to when Talon May came on the scene and Isaac Tungo was playing uh, left center and the amount of ball that May got in good mm. space. Um, and how many tries he scored just because was Tungo combo, was so good with the ball out in front. I'm just looking at Tungo just going, fuck, finally, Toa's going to get someone that passes the ball. We know how good Toa has been with old glue hands critter next to him. Yeah. What's he going to be like with someone that's going to feed him ball in space? I mean, boggles the mind. It really does. And this is the other thing that I think we're all – I think Taruva's got that wing locked down, but – Mate, I, I said it before they debuted. That combination of Isaac Tungo and Taylor yeah. May, yep. it was unbelievable. That was their first season of first grade together, and I thought they were, mm. outside of South Sydney, probably the best left edge in rugby league. So those two have been playing together for a few years now. I Yeah, it's a combination that I would be – I'd be very tempted to keep them together. But Taruva's done incredibly well as a premiership winner. Uh, mm. Penrith have got so many options out there. And once again, Tyron Peach could come in and absolutely shit on all of, us, all of us at any given moment. It's a huge, huge Where do you draft Peach, ways, boys? It's – yeah. Mm, Tungo, right, so no. yeah. mm, Get inside me. Let me get inside you. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Even, well, let's talk um, about some, some it, big it risks just, here. So – Turbo, Pappy, uh, KP, Teddy, hmm. what are we doing here? Where are we taking them? We had a bit of a chat about Turbo. You know, we're still all pretty high on Turbo just because of what we know he can be. Um, Wook and I have talked about KP. We're all over KP's dick, and I'm sure you are as well, Guru. Like, he's a top three pick in our opinion. No matter what finals series you play yep. or system you play, he's a top three. Lock it down. So that's three, top three picks are locked regardless of what happens, in my opinion. Uh, Pappy coming off these injuries. And then how far does Teddy slide down? Do you know what I mean? There's some question marks here because I, I'm thinking about Teddy and we're sliding him. But again, like I said before, like there's a point in a draft where you go, hang on, this is fucking James Tedesco. And I'm picking him in the third round. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. You have to. It wasn't, so, wasn't that long ago he was averaging at over 90. Mate, he's... Uh, apart from last year, he was the most consistent uh, performer in draft mm. over the last four years before that. So let's – um, we've done Turbo. Let's talk about Pappy. What do you think about Pappy, Guru? Uh, I will be leaving Pappy. I don't think he's going to be the one for me. Uh, I'm – you know what? If Pappy comes out in 2024 and averages 100 like he did when I had him two years ago, 
I'll just sit back and go, well done to the person that took that punt. Uh, yep. For where you're going to have to take him, there's other guys I'd probably rather gamble on. that. Um, mm. They might not score as many points as Pappy if he hits his ceiling, but I'm more confident they score those points uh, than Ryan yeah. Pappenhausen. So, uh, and you know what? That potentially that's a little bit hypocritical of me because I'm so keen on Turbo. I'm so keen on KP, who obviously have their injury concerns as well. But... I'm just not convinced Pappy's going to be the same guy just yet. And you know what? He'll probably come out round one and we'll go, oh, no, he's still that guy 100%. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's just not a risk I want to take this year if I can avoid it. Where do you think he'll slide to in draft, do you think? I think that there will be blokes in competitions who will get to pick eight, nine, and just go, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'll have a crack at him. Because um, oh, I, I, I think there's a Jesus lot of – Christ. Yeah, you, you, you say Jesus Christ, but like there's guys out there that want to win comps, not that want to be relevant. Mm. And when you've got an opportunity to potentially pick up a guy that could average 100 at pick eight, you know, why wouldn't you? Like I, I, I was sitting here at the end of last year going, fuck, if I'm pick 10, 11, 12, 13, I'm taking KP in an absolute heartbeat. And I got the same reactions going, Jesus, what the fuck's that about? He finishes the season averaging 105 for the last 10 weeks. Like mm. I, I, I like and and a lot of people were anti. I'm not. I, I'm, not I'm not pushing back on the potential for Pappenhausen, but the the pricks had two long term injuries back to back. Like I, I don't know. I just th- I just think the the risk versus reward on what you'd what you'd be getting him for. But you would have told me this time last year, KP can't stay conscious. Like a lot of people told yeah. me that it was a stupid well, take. Mate. Round six, we could have been talking about the same, exactly the same thing. Yeah, KP. exactly so, right, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, but like you, if I think if you want to, especially if you're in a captain's league, I mm. I don't think personally I don't like mm. taking Pappy. But if you're taking pick eight, pick nine, I go. You know what? I respect you for that play because you're trying to win this fucking thing. You're not taking someone like Gutho. You're not taking a Cameron Munster, someone that's probably a Harry Grant, mm. someone that's probably not going to win you a draft comp. They're going to make you relevant. I don't think you win it with them. No, no. But if you're going all balls in and you take Pappy at eight or nine, I go, respect. He's trying to win this fucking thing. I'll be honest, man. I'll probably take him in, in the second round. I probably wouldn't reach for him in the first, but I would probably take him in the second round. Mid to late would be perfect. I I am that guy. I'm like, I'm ready to 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 double down and go just because like what you're saying is if he comes back and by all reports, it's going to be a mental struggle. Mm. It's probably not going to be his body. Mm. Um, and, I mean, we'll talk to Brian about it more in a few weeks. Um, but oh, – and it's hard to read into the situation, but you look at his social media, he doesn't strike me as a guy that is lacking in confidence or is struggling to gain motivation to get back on the park and play some really good football. So, I mean, I'm ready to take the risk. Just because, you know, just say I get someone like Scotty Drinkwater or Walsh or KP or whatever it is, and, you know, you just back it up with another fullback. Not only have I got fantastic trade capital there, I can I can have that guy on my bench. I can have that purge option in the finals as well. Um or just say you you have pick one or two and you grab a halfback and you've got Nico Hines or Nathan Clear and you partner that pick with a Pappenhausen and Pappenhausen does come back and just say he's 80% of what he was two years ago. Do, do you win the comp straight away? 
I think so. Mate, 100%. And there's, mate, there is every chance we are sitting here in 12 months' time after Pappy's put together a full season going, okay, well, Pappy's an automatically a pick four or a pick five. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the reality of it. If we get to round one and KP knocks himself out and Turbo gets injured and Pappy averages 90 throughout the season, next year we're sitting here saying he has to be pick third. It's a no-brainer. No. Same dude. You're just taking a bit this- more of a risk this year. There's honestly yeah. not much difference between my outlook on Turbo and Pappy, to be honest. I sort of see them pretty yeah. similar. And, I mean, I'll get more confirmation when we talk to Brian about the injuries and the ins and outs of mm. bef- return to performance or high performance, but they're both huge risks and they're both massive rewards. Like you're talking about guys that if it all works out, you win comps. The one, the one thing with Turbo is, and the reason why I'm really high on Turbo, is the injury that he had had nothing to do with the, a lower leg injury. 100%. And, yep. and, that's, and that's why I'm, I'm super keen and doubling down on, um, on Turbo himself. It's just, Pappy has been so fucking unlucky with injuries. Um, it was a freakish incident, that last one. And look, they, were, they say they come in threes, don't they? It, it's funny with that injury, though, because that was the best possible outcome yeah, in that injury. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Fuck, who? we're not physios, we're not doctors, we don't know what the fuck's going on. No. But all I know is that he can break legs open, um, yeah. Pappy, especially if you're a captain's uh, league. And if he's averaging 90 or 100, you're going to be very hard to, oh, to catch, especially Storm, if you pick Storm, him up. Storm will be in the GF as well if he's, if he's braining it. And then you look at Storm's strength of schedule across all final systems. That's another thing to consider. Mm. Storm have a very sexual run. Um, so that's another thing to to put on Pappy's shoulders as well. It's like if I get this guy and he starts firing, I know he's going to be humming come finals time. Man, man, it's something to really think about. Oh, I think it's well, he, owes, he owes me a good season anyway. I drafted him last year for fuck's sake. You owe me a good season, Pappy. <laughs> Shit. I, I think as well for Pappy when I look at him and, you know, it's all very if and but when you get to finals and whatnot. But round 27, if that's when your grand final is, which is when mine is, they play the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, for me, I think Brisbane will have a top four locked, a spot locked up by then. Uh, every chance Melbourne does too as well, to be fair. But he's like, you might get a Pappy going up against a baby Broncos sort of side there. Uh, so And look, very ifs and buts sort of shit. But... I can, as I said, I completely understand and respect someone that goes Pappy uh, as their first pick at like eight, nine, ten. Once your your big dogs and your drink waters and these sort of guys are gone, I yeah, I I personally think you are more likely to win a comp with Pappy than you are with Cam Munster. Oh, I I will, I will agree with that. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely, hundred percent. What about Teddy? What are we thinking um, happens with Teddy in drafts? Where do we think he slides to? Is he a chance to, look, add a few points under that that average from last year? Obviously, a poor season for him, poor season for the Roosters. A lot of injuries, a lot of chopping and changing with personnel and positions. There's every chance that he can go better next well, this, this season. But also, he's another year older. Like, he's on his way out. What's your thoughts? Every year there's a decision that I hope I don't have to make, and this is one of them. I have got mm. no interest in trying to place where I would take James Tedesco. I will say this. The one thing, like Teddy, last year for me, incredibly disappointing. He averaged 69, which 
Yeah, it's good. I think though, like nice. if he averaged sixty nine in a bad year five years ago, we're like, wow, that's unbelievable. Scores mm. are generally starting to get higher and higher as the years go on. Now, um, you're looking at your top two and three picks that realistically at the end of the season when you take out injury effect games, you want them to average 90, 95. Um, mm. It's a good whack below that. It's 20, 25 points below that. The one thing I will say about Teddy is that he's in a very rare position where people are sort of bagging him for the way he's playing and all that. And normally when you're underperforming, you need to do more. Personally, I think Teddy needs to do less. He needs to do less. Which yeah. is the one thing that makes me think maybe he can turn this around, but doing less could hurt his super coach score as well. So you might find mm. that Teddy plays better footy, but he's letting go of the ball more and whatnot. It actually cost him super coach points because the beauty of Teddy for the last few years has been that he runs the football so much. But for the four years leading up to this, no one could tackle the fucker. Now, seemingly, I could tackle him at the moment. That's the biggest worry. Uh, I think Teddy's got the potential to really turn around his NRL career, but classic. Uh, sorry for Supercoach wise, I I don't think I'll be doing it. It's one that I'll be hoping to leave. Does he get picked in state of origin? Fuck knows. Absolutely fuck knows. Um, I, I just I I I, I don't know what what they're going to do there. I don't know what Madge's plan's going to be. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Madge goes a little bit rogue with a couple of picks. Uh, but I'm not sure if fullback will be the spot that he does. I, I think if Teddy's form dictates selection early, selection. I think he will yep. be there. I, I don't. Th- I think a lot of people are assuming the red sharpies through Teddy's name. I don't think there's a hope in hell that his name's been crossed out at the moment. No, not yet. Yeah, he is. He's he's a player where I'm not interested in him. I'm not looking at him. I'm you know, but I'll be interested to see where he slides to put it that way. Like, I think there is going to be value to be had in Teddy. I think everyone's off him. I think uh, people think, you know, he's going to continue his regression because his scores have dipped every single year uh, over the last four years. Uh, He hasn't really bounced back after um, a score the previous year. He slowly declined. So I think there is going to be value um, I mean, there's always a Roosters fan somewhere in, in leagues that'll take him um, early, but mm. I think in most leagues there's there's going to be value to be had in Teddy, and there's going to be a point in the in the draft. Well, I hope there's a point in the draft where I go, fuck me, we're talking about James Tedesco here, and I'm about to get him at pick 26. Yeah, in 2020, average 95, 2021, 87, 2022, 79, 2023, 69. So there is a general trend and not in the right direction. So, I mean, I I really do see him bouncing back possibly into the 70s this year, but yeah, it's still, it's a tough one to, to peg where he's going to go. I've got him around about round, round three somewhere, but yeah, I wouldn't really push back on too many people if they're going to take him in round two. I, uh, mm. I think the other advantage that needs to be spoken about with Teddy is that yeah, look at his finals run. If your grand finals ran 27 like mine is, he goes Parramatta, Titans, Canberra, South Sydney. So in my opinion, that's a pretty juicy little finals run. Uh, the grand final game against South Sydney, you're sort of like, fuck, they're a good footy side. That's not ideal. But I'll give you the hot tip. The Sydney Roosters captain will never be rested against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. A big advantage, no. in my opinion, knowing that you are going to have a top-shelf guy playing in that week in a game that – is going to be a war regardless of that. They could both be first and second and be, you know, have home finals locked up for the next week and they're still going to go all out. They'll still play. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does have some some a pretty sexual run um, in most of the uh, the final systems, old Teddy. So who knows, baby? Who knows? Who knows? I've never actually owned him. I'd love to own him. Oh, but- I've, I've, I've owned him a, a couple of seasons, and look, he's solid returns every yeah. year. Mm. Yeah, I, I personally still think he will like in, in my competition. That's a fourteen man league. I think he still goes round one. I think he'll go late round one though. Yeah, well, he's, top, that, that he's still that could be type of player that has that insane ceiling. Yeah, and you guys captains league. Yeah, yeah. So of he's course. definitely one. Not, not cowards. Um. Not a all right. Are they? Broncos backline. Now, Wook and I got a little bit of mail today by one of the rubbers, Dusty. Ooh, shout, out, shout out to Dusty, giving us a little bit of uh, inside mail into an opposed session that Broncos ran against, I don't know who the fuck, but um, had Cobo. It was at right centre, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. No, and no, left centre. Left centre. And Mariner on the wing and wraps right on both of them. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. What's your thoughts here, Cobo? First thoughts, I was like, mm, I don't like it, but I'm warming to the idea. I think he'll actually do well at centre. I like him there. Uh, Super coach wise, he's probably not a play for me. Um, I think off name alone, he'll go a little bit earlier than where I'm willing to take him. Um, I also, uh, I think Mariner will be an interesting one out on that right wing. I think he'll be a guy that'll be drafted by plenty. Um, mm. But from what Especially I've heard, coming off that average that he had last season, yeah. From yeah. what I've heard, though, Corey Oates is looking very fit up there. Uh, yeah. So, and I think I love Corey Oates. I love Corey Oates as well. I think he's a very good player. <laughs> Paul, Paul, uh, Paul he just re-signed for a year on unders. I think the other thing you need to consider as well is that Herbie Farmworth has left the club, who was their main meter eater coming out of their own end. Um, mm. Having a bloke that fucking looks like a horse like Corey Oates returning the ball out of their own end. I think they're all going to need to have a bit of an uptick there. I'm not sure what Dean Mariner's works like out of his own end, to be completely honest with you, but we know that Stags won't fucking do it. Uh, I'm not convinced yeah. that Selwyn will do it. Um, Jesse Arthur's in the grand final. Was Jesse fantastic. Arthur's, he is a meteorator. Yeah, uh, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Oates does end up in that side. And you have a look at them like, mm. you know, they've just lost a grand final in heartbreaking fashion. Um, Kirk Catewell's left, you know, probably their most experienced player, not named Adam Reynolds. I just think the experience of Corey Oates wouldn't go astray out there. And um, I had a report from someone the other day that they were having a little game of touch and Dean Mariner made a line break the other day and he was run down by one Oates, C. So that sort of, I I think it sort of made people look around a little bit. So uh, read into what you will, if true, false, whatever. But yeah, I think Corey Oates is going to be a very interesting guy that come trials, I think he's going to get more and more interesting. Yeah, I well, love I mean, that choreo. The, it's yum. The base scores for Dean Mariner last season was 16, 16, 24, and 21. So yeah. I don't think there's much there. A uh, little side story about Corey Oates. When we were in the country tours last year up at uh, Rockhampton, where the Oates family is from, I believe, um, they all up there obviously call him Coatsy. Um, they all love him. Coach and Oates, the younger yeah. brother they call Shotsy, which is short for shit Oatsy. Which I fucking thought was one of the all-time fucking nicknames. Oh, You'd move countries, best. wouldn't you? <laughs> Where no one knows right. your brother. You Unreal. can choose your friends. You can't choose your fucking start up a new hell. start up a new life in Switzerland somewhere. <laughs> fuck it, hell, that That's is rough. Savage. That's, That's rough. Now I'm big on Oatsy, and 
the thing that, like I said, the thing that you love about OT is the work that he does mm. coming at it, their own end. Yeah. You know, he's usually got a base, uh, just a solid base, pure base of, mm. you know, 30 to 35. And then you add on to that, you know, a little bit of try scoring and attacking upside as well. So that's I mean, one what, to keep an eye on. Once upon a time, he saw himself as a second row. Mm. I love that play that they were doing where like they're they're attacking the line at 2025 around there and then he is just steaming onto the fucking ball at a million miles an hour coming off an angle back towards the post. Who the fuck is stopping that? It's almost like the defense just go, you can have this one. Fuck that. Like, (laughs) so yeah. My favorite thing was watching him on that play when they didn't give him the ball and he was standing there going, I just ran a fucking 800 to have a dummy thrown to me for no apparent fucking reason. He was always beside himself. Just give me the ball, boys. Let me do the rest. Get out of the way. All right, this is going to be an interesting one for all three of us because we're big on this, and that is who is going to play left edge back rower for the Sharks. We are all big Billy Burns fans here on The Wire, and so it's no surprise that we all want Billy to get the shot here, but – Guru, is there any mail on maybe does he get the shot? We know how fucking much a liability Teague Wilton does Teague is Wilton, in defense. Does Teague Wilton get a chance to prove himself defensively this season? I'll tell you what, I think uh, this situation is wildly interesting and I posted something the other day on social media and it got absolutely pounded into the core of the fucking earth uh, by Cronulla fans. You would think... Teague Wilton was Gavin fucking Miller, the way that people reacted. Um, At least I, can't see Billy Burns play. Like, fuck me. Yeah. Obviously uh, not. And look, well, I mean, to be he fair, was playing for the Dragons. I don't think Billy Burns is the greatest defender in the world, but I, I think people are just automatically Com- going, to Wilton, going, geez, Teague Wilton, it wasn't his fault. It was Moreland's fault. It was, and I'm sitting there going, you know what? Moreland wasn't a great Moreland's defender. Moreland's a scapegoat, man. But he's a massive scapegoat for me. Um, I think the other thing with Wilton, and, you know, it might be a hot take or it might be harsh or whatever, but. Like, I drafted Wilton, I think, round seven last year. I was massively high on him. I got to round 10 and went, I have got to trade this guy. He can't tackle. This cannot last any longer. I traded him in a heartbeat. And I personally think, and and the take of a lot of people is, well, obviously the person to replace Wade Graham will be the guy that had the spot before. I think that T getting injured last year saved him from getting killed. I I, I just think it was a matter of time, and I cannot believe how many people have failed to see it. And if I'm wrong, I will wear it every day of the week. But I think Wilson has got a lot of defensive issues that people are scapegoating on the guys either side of him. I mean, as an owner of Wilton last season, I was watching every single Sharks game on the knife edge thinking, surely he's going to get hooked. He was clearly at fault for this try. And like. Considering Fitzgibbon is such a defense-minded coach, I was surprised that it's gone on for so long. And like this that is that's shoring up like whole season. This is the whole thing with Craig Fitzgibbon. Why do we think he's a defensive-minded coach? Just out of interest, just based on how he played himself. Because at no point has he shown that he's a defensive-minded coach. We just we wasn't, just. But wasn't that wasn't that part of his role at the Roosters prior to um, leaving to come to the Sharkies? Sure, but since he's been a head coach, what have you seen oh, no, that has no, made you say he's been yeah, a head coach, exactly no. right? Yeah, like it just yeah, yeah. nothing. And the one thing that worries me, and the reason why I actually agree with people that are saying Teague Wilton get the first shot. If he gets the first shot, the only reason why he gets it is because Craig Fitzgibbon seemingly refuses to make changes ever. He keeps mm. the same team. The yeah. entire, like, how Pick long did it take until he made a change with Moylan? It took forever. You know, Talakai. Mm. I, I'm not sure if he deserves to get brushed from centre, but at no point. 
did he try anything different last year, Craig Fitzgibbon? So I, I'm not saying that Wilton's not a chance to get there. I probably reckon he is the favourite to get there based on how Craig Fitzgibbon coaches. But there are serious issues there that I think could get shown up very quickly. The one advantage Wilton has got is that the Cronulla Sharks opening five rounds is absolute fucking bliss. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember thinking that might be saving grace there. But I think Billy Burns in a good system, I think he can do really well. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Burns is very interesting. I mean, just going back to Teague Wilton, his def- defensive deficiencies. And it's funny when you talk about, like, people blaming Moylan or, or Sivitalikai. But the thing is, like, if Wilton makes a bad read in defense, he doesn't have to actually miss a tackle. But if he makes a bad read and is in the wrong position, who actually looks bad in that situation? It's the players around him. So yeah. you may look at that play and go, oh, they ran through Moylan like, you know, a uh, fucking hot knife well, through well, butter. And you, style, go, oh, and, you go, and you go, oh, Moylan's the issue. But you look back and you look at him and rewind and you go, hang on. Old mate wasn't even in the fucking right position to help mm. him in defense. And that was the issue with Wilton. It was missing his assignments and yeah. making Moylan and Sivitalica look bad. So, yeah, I'm not – I mean – the funny thing about Wilton is he averages 60. Yeah. Oh, and, mate, and that's where – And that's where if it looks like he has locked down that spot – You're still I, taking I'll, I'll take him in Supercoach in a fucking Because oh, yeah, yeah. I know Craig Fitzgibbon probably won't make the change, and that's the reality of mm. it. But I look at Teague Wilton, and the, the, there's two differences in rugby league sometimes. Sometimes there's bad tacklers and there's bad defenders. And from what I've seen, he's a bad defender. He doesn't have the yeah. IQ in defense that he needs at the yeah. moment. And – Wade Graham came in on that edge. Wade Graham was slow as a wet week. He couldn't move laterally, but he had the IQ and he managed to yeah. sort out that edge very, very quickly. And that's, I, I just, it's blown me away how many people, and maybe I'm wrong and I'm happy to wear it if so, but it has blown me away how many people just haven't seen it with Wilton. Mm. Just something I'm really, I'm really to, surprised that they let Tracy go. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. They've got a number of young and guys you there. Use teleco off the bench. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. They've, got a, they've got a fair depth there yeah. in the back mm. line, the Sharks. And the thing is, like, someone was yeah, always going to throw big money at Connor, Connor Tracy and he has to take it. Like, we're saying, we've been saying for the last couple of seasons, like, who the it's fuck is going player. to sign Connor Tracy because he deserves to be in a starting side somewhere? And I thought he was going to do a mid, mid-season switch to the Eels at some point. but yeah, The mail was wildly did. strong that that mm. was going to happen and it just mm. never eventuated. Just evaporated, yeah. yeah. Something to leave you with with Billy Burns before we move on. He played 10 games last season. In 80-minute games, he averaged 59 and he had six total try involvements in 10 games playing for the Dragons. Just yep. let that soak in while we move on. On uh, South back rowers, another really interesting story here because there's a, a ripple effect that's going to happen here, right? And now the whispers are, Guru, that obviously Tellus Duncan might get the shot at left edge, um, at right edge back rower, sorry, right and Colin Matangi is going to move to the left. Is that correct? Yeah, I was told a couple of months ago that Tellus Duncan would be a starting edge back rower, so I just assumed it was going to be left side. Uh, and, and I posted a thing the other day saying how I believe he will be on the left and got a lot of messages from people saying, nah, nah, he's on the right. Keon's on the left side at training. And I sort of went, fuck, surely that can't be right. Reached out to what a waste. someone at South Sydney. And yeah, apparently it's spot on. Apparently Keon's going to play left edge. Uh, Talis is going to play right. Cam Murray will be in jersey 13. Jai Arrow will be a middle. 
Um, yep. So very, very interesting and, you know, in no huge shock to anyone, Jack Whiten will be left centre, um, mm. which I think the right edge will sort of be one of uh, – sorry, the right wing will either be um, uh, Tass be, or Young Ty, but I think it will be Tass. I, I believe – they're going to start time under and reserve grade at fullback to give him a bit of a go there. So, uh, which I, that's the decision. That'd I be good for his well. development, won't it? Be fantastic. It'll be unreal. Mm. Yeah. So, obviously, for draft purposes here, uh, we'll start with Talis Duncan. So, in the four games that he played over 30 minutes, he had a PPM of 1.38, which is ludicrous, which you can't have a PPM like that when you're playing such low minutes. But what it shows us is that he gets involved. He's young, indestructible, wants the ball, wants to be involved, all great things for draft or super coach in general, really. And on that right edge where we're starting to see Lachlan Elias like to use his edge back rollers, and Wook and I talk about this at nauseum, talking about halfbacks or five-eights that like to use their edge back rollers. It's part of their DNA, these players like DCE, mm. Dylan Brown, Nico Hines, guys that it's one of their first instincts is to look where their edge back rower is and give them early ball or short ball close to line. So I think, Lachlan Ilias is evolving into that play, which is great for Talis Duncan. But is it great for Colin Montagna moving to the left? Now, we know Cody Walker isn't one of those halves that I'm talking about that likes to use the edge back row. It's more of a play where he's setting it up and it's a nice ball out the back to a sweeping Latrell Mitchell who then likes the nice cutout ball to his winger. So if the South Sydney Rabbitohs line up like you're saying, uh, Guru, is it, yes, we're on Talis Duncan and no, we're off Colin Matangi? Yeah, I think where you'll have to take key on, it's probably a no from me. Um, I've mm. just, I don't know, I, I just, that left edge back row for South Sydney has just been the best decoy in rugby league for a long period 100%. of time. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't and understand. Buddy old Colin Matangi would be a fantastic decoy. He'd be an unreal league. decoy. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if maybe it's a case of, okay, maybe the left edge back row was out there for the last decade haven't been the most talented guys in the world. So maybe it's just played out that way. I don't know if it's the best way they like to play their footy. But I'll tell you what, if I'm signing, in my opinion, one of the best centers in the game, Jack Whiten, uh, I'm going to utilize him. There's a reason why I've brought him, and if I've already got the most dominant left edge of just about all time, realistically, mm. I'm not going to change much. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, like we, we know Cody Walker loves to go himself, loves to play at the back, doesn't tend to use his back rowers all that much. But granted, he's never had a back bar, back rower like mm. Keon, so mm. I don't know. I think it, it's another one of those classic ones that I am more than happy to sit back. And if at the end of the season Keon averages 60, 65, I go, yep, fair shout, good on the person who took that punt but it's not one I'm willing to take. Talus, talk to me. Good God. Um, And I also think Talus is one of those guys that I reckon he will link up with Campbell Graham plenty of times throughout this season. Mm. And I think that's a really achievable little stack that you're able to get there. Um, I am very high on Talus. The offloads slid in a trial. The offloads. Campbell Graham's always pushing through. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, especially in that South Sydney side, the reality is their fullback He's a weapon, but he's not the greatest support player in the world. So I think there's plenty of opportunities yep. that Talis will create, that Campbell Graham will be there to pick up on. I think there's plenty of opportunities that, you know, Talis, very similar to Cam Murray, he'll be pushing up on the inside of everything as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm really high on Talis. I do think, though, 
that he'll be wildly popular in classic. Um, uh, I think he'll fuck. be in trials. So. He's, he's, again, he's a must-have in classic. So Yeah, I, I think you will have to go very early on Talos. But if I'm able to lock down a Campbell Graham round two, round three, uh, I, I would go very early on Talos as well. Lot to like about Tells Duncan. Name, starters, yep. nice. Wears headgear, tick. Takes the headgear off. He's hot, tick. I mean, get him in my side for fuck's sake. Buff dude. One of the buffest ever. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I mean, tick, 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 tick. Tells Duncan. Just Part of the Eskimo guy. Bros 2024. <laughs> <laughs> just another guy as well. Once again, plays for South Sydney. Uh, was, a, was a Roosters junior coming through. So you know that he'll Ooh. be up and about come round 27 yep. when it might be grand final week for you. Uh, and yeah. he's going up against his former club, which he'll be ready to rip and tear against. And I'm just mm. thinking off the top of my head, right, does that mean he'll he'll be going at one of Sam Walker or Luke Keary with I, which I love the matchup either way. Keary, yeah. Gone. Thanks for coming. Yep. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like Duncan. Like me a bit mm. of Duncan. That is good. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's stick with the bunnies. Jack Whiten at centre. So usually uh, he's a bloke that I just don't touch. I don't, honestly, he's not. I delete him from my pre-draft list. I don't even want to know about him. He's just so wildly inconsistent and has never been relevant enough for me to even look at him. So at, that's at five eight, obviously for the Raiders. The things change playing center for the Bunnies. Knowing what I just said about Cody Walker and how much he likes to go at the back, is he just another block play? Is he going to play more of the Isaiah Tass role where he's just running really straight hard lines and it's just giving Alex Johnson space? And that's really the question we need to answer here is for draft is... He's an infinitely is, harder runner than Tass, though. Is Johnston the go? Because he's going to get more space? Because defences are going to be looking more at Jack Whiten? Or are we going to punt on Jack Whiten getting short balls and uh, playing? Well, we've seen him play centre, and he can fucking score tries, and he can play really well. So it's just a hard one because I'm leaning towards Alex Johnston being the beneficiary, especially now you're talking about Colin Matangi coming in. I mean, how much fucking talent is there inside of Alex Johnston that is going to de- like it's compress stretch, defenses? Stretch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, sure. all of a sudden there's going to be space on the edge there, and Latrell's going to have that nice floater or that cutout ball out to Johnson, and he could fucking get mm. back to scoring 25, 26 tries. Talk to me, yeah. Guru. You might need to hold off because I think Guru lost Guru. I have no idea. No, I'm still here. <laughs> all right. I have no idea what's going to happen with this edge. I think you make wildly valid points for all of them, but you know there's every chance that AJ scores half the amount of tries he does this year, last year because. Simply Jack Whiten doesn't pass him the fucking football because he's a run first yeah. dude. Um, there's every chance that South Sydney keep doing what they're doing and you know cut out their centre constantly to find AJ and he scores 25 tries. I just I can't imagine the world from what I know and what I know of how close Latrell and Jack Whiten are. That I just can't see him faceballing him all season. I just cannot That's see it happening. Um, That's interesting. And you know I, I think for a lot of people they'll go, oh you know Jack Whiten he'll score more tries at South Sydney. He's a guy that I like. I have a look through his scores last season when he scored tries. Um, scored a try in round one, scored 47. Scored a try in Who? round two, scored 50. <laughs> scored a try in round Pass. four, scored 35. Um, Feces. Scored a try in round nine, to be fair. Scored 133 against the Dolphins. Good knock. Scored a try in yeah. round 15, 38 points. Scored a try in round 17, 
73 points, fair play, uh, and then scored a try in round 21 and scored 47. Uh, so Yuck. in try-scoring games, Jack Whiten last year, I would say if you take out that huge outlier of 133, you're looking at an average of about 48, I would say, off the dome there. I just, I don't know, I'm... I'm happy to leave Jack Whiten if we're sitting here next year saying, oh, okay, Jack's a genuine super coach option. Good as gold. I'll deal with that then. But it's not a risk I'm willing to take heading into next year. Once again, you don't know if all this shit at South Sydney sorted out. They could be a mm. basket case still. I don't know. But it's pretty wild that they've taken taken the 5-8 away from him as well. Yeah, it's bullshit. Right I don't, I, I, I don't I agree with a lot of I fucking believe decisions. that. Yeah. I'm so fucking annoyed. Yeah, that is very frustrating. For a position um, that was already fucking really and, tough. And you know what? I'm actually, I'm happy for them to do it like this, but stick to it. Don't just, yeah. it's like it just gets made up every It's just willy-nilly. Yeah. 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 If, if this Rob is how Sol- you're going to do Rob it. Rob Sutherland gets fucking drunk and just makes yeah. some fucking weird-ass decisions. Yeah. Um, and I think has KP missed out on 5-8 again this year? Uh, mm-hmm. despite him playing first half of the season there last year, which once again, yep. Yep. if this is how we're going to do it, I'm more it was, than happy it was, to do it. It was like supposed that. to be four games the previous season. If they played four games, they'd yeah. be considered a, a duel for that position. Just be consistent with whatever the fuck you settle on and just let us know what you settle on as well, which hopefully mm-hmm. they will, you know, to the boys' credit, the game hasn't actually opened yet. So hopefully we get a clear understanding of what's happening. But history tells me we probably won't. Yeah. 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 Nah, Jack White, not for me. Again, like, I, that was me going the long way shock, around. Shock horror. That was me going the long way around to say, yeah, never again. Nah, yeah. No, no, thank you. What about the Roosters back rowers? Uh, mm. Some more guys <laughs> that fucking interest me here. Nat Butcher, I'll start with him. Big on him. Uh, but also, who's going to get that other spot? Or does Nat Butcher move in through the middle rotation? Do we get to see Wong plus a Satili or a, or a uh, Gussie Crichton? There's a lot of what ifs, ha- they're what ca- have you. They're carrying four of the best back rowers in the league. It's like if I was just going to the guess, back. I would say, look, you, you stick with Nat Butcher because he's the only cunt that's been there and doing the job consistently week in, week out. But, I mean, I've got no idea. But all I know is there's huge value to be had here in the Roosters' side uh, in the back row position? I will draft Wong. I guarantee you I will draft Wong. Uh, I am more than happy to go very early on him. I will probably go early on Just let me write that down. (laughs) Wong. W-O-N-G. We'll cut this part of the pod. Wong. Wong. And I, if you said to me confident Wong starts round one, I'm not, to be honest with you. But mm. I just think as the season goes on, I think it is just – you guys know how I felt about this kid for a long time. I just think it's going to be fucking yeah. undeniable. Is he, just how is he, he is. the CBA candidate for this year? Um, probably not because he played too many games last year. Um, yeah, I was I was true, very true, disappointed, true. to be honest with you, to see him play so many games at the end of last season. I was hoping <laughs> we'd be able to keep him under he the hood a little bit. He played fucking well as well. <laughs> yeah, he, and, and you know what yeah. I love about Wong is that – and Natty, you can talk more about it being a Roosters fan, but – he saved his best games of the year for the biggest stages. He was yep. fucking dynamic yeah. in the finals. That yep. that offload that he threw against Cronulla, I think it was, to Joey Manu, mm-hmm. like that just looked like Sonny Bill to me. Sexual. Yep. And that's just what he reminds me of. He reminds, he reminds me so much of Sonny Bill, and I know that's a high 
mark to send. I'm not saying he will be the next Sonny Bill, but I think he could be the closest thing we've seen to SBW. Um, mm. You know, I watched him play through the junior grades as well. He played a lot of 13 coming through. So he's he can play edge, he can play middle, he can just do everything wrong. And I felt like you could you could just feel in those last few games of the season, especially in finals, I felt like Terrell May was the same, that these boys started to realise, okay, I'm not holding on in first grade anymore. I can be a dominant fucking force in this grade. Uh, mm. And I think Wong has a huge season. But the worry is, if Angus Crichton gets back to his best, like they've got an Australian second rower sitting on their bench, maybe yeah. playing middle. Satili um, yeah. is not... Not a bad. He's not a bad right. player. I'm not the biggest Satili fan in the world. He's just got a few too many errors in his game for me. Mm. But like they re-signed him on a two-year deal the other day. I would have put my house on Satili Tupanua would have been out the door. It just yeah. it just made sense to me. Um, his brothers up in Newcastle. I thought there was every chance he lined he lined, landed up there to sign him on a two-year deal. Mm. That that almost doesn't make sense to me. Um, mm. And mate, if Wong is firing and if Angus Crichton's at his best, in my opinion. Both are better second rollers than Nat Butcher, and it's not yeah. even close. So Nat Butcher does yeah. a lot of lot of strong work, and he's very consistent. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't have that up. He doesn't have that upside, that upside. That and not too many guys yeah, do. Yeah. That's the reality of it. So I yeah. don't even think Nat Butcher's a safe pick. I like you could give me eight different combinations of second rollers, and I say they you could see all of those by round fifteen. Mm. And that's what I talked about when we had, did the 2RF podcast. It's like, I'm big on that butcher, but there's two schools. There's the school where we're coming off a season where he averaged 63. His CV was great. His base was great. He was fantastic. But you take your mind back to 22 when he did have Walker next to him and they went on a run together where he scored seven tries in seven games. And that's mm. what he can be in this Bruce's side with Walker next to him. And you're like, okay, there's actually more – ceiling here with Nat Butcher coming off a 63 average or the other school of thought is he starts playing middle and he's coming off the bench and both scenarios are just as likely as the other. Do you know what I mean? So, And the beneficiary of all those tries next to Walker will be either Wong or um, mm, Crichton potentially. mm. Where where do we think we'd take um, Angus Crichton? Because like it's – like he's a he's a player that could legitimately average seventy, but he's also conversely a player that could just be in the middle rotation. Just need more information, don't we? It's just yeah, fucking. It's a, it's a fucking real tough one to like peg down. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I would take Gussie. I just, mm. and you know, I I actually don't know where I'd take him that I'd even be happy with him. Like even if you get him round yeah. seven, yeah. round eight, like. Okay, I've got a great name there, but if he's not getting the points, who gives a fuck where you got him? Like, Ooh, if he's not even if he's not on the starting side, it's yeah. not like he's getting the Maddo type role in Eels. He's not getting the 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 minutes or the or the scores from that. So, yeah. and yeah. that's the other thing. Like, if he is playing as a middle forward, like, and I I think a lot of people are looking at the Roosters and going, oh, you know, there's only three forwards on the bench. They run with an extra hooker. Yes, yeah, sweet. Their hooker comes off, and he's a middle forward. Like as soon as yeah. he comes off, it becomes a four-forward bench. Um, yeah. yeah. Radley tends to play pretty decent minutes. Uh, I just, yeah. uh, I, I just don't know where Angus gets those big minutes if he's not starting on the mm. edge. I, I don't know. I will say this: fucking Vegas round one, the field is five meters thinner than a normal NRL field. And that butcher, that butcher could average fucking ninety in base stats on that field just quietly. 
If he gets yeah. a start there, he's going to take yeah. his tick off. Heads up, I'll be taking heavy unders and heavy 1-12 to 12 oh, results. Oh, yeah. Big time. Unders, up, unders is fucking begging for it. Yep. yep. Oh, 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 yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep the vibe of the show rolling. Let's talk about the Raiders fullback. Now, <laughs> it's going to be Xavier right. Savage or it's going to be Chevy Stewart. I know, Guru, you're a big Chevy fan. Love the name. Very sexy. Mm. I was is huge it se- on is Savage. It se- is it a season early for, for Chevy? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I love him. I think he's got a huge future in our game. He's a really good kid too. Uh, played Harold Matson SG ball at the Sharkies. Then made his way down to Canberra Raiders. Sharkies were devastated to lose him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready right now. To be completely honest with you, I also a lot of people talking about Ethan Strange, who dominated in that under 19s game, um, mm-hmm. and I don't want to take anything away from that under 19s game, but I've got to tell you, I don't give a fuck. It's not against men; it's completely yeah. different. We've uh, learned this yeah. with Toyota Cart. We've learned this a thousand times before. Uh, for me, if I go and watch Ethan Strange dominate a New South Wales Cup game, that means more to me than under 19s Origin. Uh, and people yeah, will yeah. laugh at that and think it's stupid. And fuck, but it's the real. How many? How many? How many Ethans branded in that game anyway? Yeah, there was there was a couple of Ethans. You were you were very unlucky not to be named Ethan in that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. I what are you best looking? Nice. <laughs> Off the cuff too. Wow. Yeah, I reckon there's every chance Chevy gets the one to start the season. Um, God, I find it funny. We're in the depths of preseason. You know, people said, oh, Xavier Savage was pictured the other day at a training session wearing the one jersey. I'm going, yeah, it's probably one of the jerseys that fits him, you fucking muppet. So they're, they're not making the decision in December, <laughs> yeah, January, exactly. who's going to be their fullback. Yeah, when if you watched yeah. any of the New South Wales Cup last year, Savage was playing wing, so Chevy could play fullback. Like, yeah, I, I, mm. I, the amount I had someone send me a message yesterday of a picture of um, a picture of Will Warbrick, and standing next to him was um, the kid from Jerringong. What's his name? Um, Tyrone Wishart. And someone said to me, "Oh, oh he's playing yeah. centre." I went, "No, he's probably not. They probably just stood next to each other at training at some point." Uh, the the yeah. overreading that goes into some of these images at training and whatnot, like for all you know, they're sitting next to each other because uh, they're stretching. Like, bro, do you remember the Campbell Graham watch that was going oh, on social good media? God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> wow. The, the, good the best gear. is when you good see gear. like a right side player, but in the photo you can see their right shoulder, so you assume that means they're standing on yep. the left side of the field, which means that like yep. just just chill the fuck out, wait for trials. Mate, they were going, oh, um, today at training I saw Campbell Graham pass the ball right to left. Yeah, he'll be he'll be playing left edge. It's like. Yeah. So he, he he at training he can only pass left or right like he's only allowed to pass left or right that oh, doesn't make sense. It's something that blows me away. You go and watch any NRL training session around the fucking country from under 18s to first grade to state of origin. They all start their warm up sessions by doing hands where they're all in a line swapping positions, swapping <laughs> spots, and that tends to be when the photographer's there. It's just oh, yeah, it's yeah. carnage. But I'll tell you what, I am really worried about with that fullback position that we spend all preseason uh, working out where we take Xavier Savage, working out where we take Chevy Stewart, and then Ricky Stewart gets around one and goes, "Here's a Seb Chris for you. Enjoy." Yeah, yeah. So I reckon there's yeah, every sure. chance that happens. Well, do we do we see do we see a world where Kyra Weeks gets put plonked there? Uh, potentially, he could. He's another one. He could get picked anywhere. Yeah. I and and what worries me is that I don't think Ricky will pick Kyra Weeks, Ethan Strange, and Chevy Stewart. I think he'll probably only pick one of them, maybe two of them, because uh, I just think the yeah. spine's too young if you're going all in on these guys. Yeah, it's it's hard because I mean, if you 
can remember, guys, I was pretty fucking big on Xavier Savage last year, and then oh, he really, just mate? disappeared off the face of the fucking planet and made me look like an idiot. But you are an idiot. He did. Well, that, that was a true. shit picture. That's true. Um, Bravo, yeah. Savage. It was, it was just, life, uh, life the, imitating art, mate. Pulled the curtain back on me and let everyone know <laughs> the real natty. Uh, but in 80-minute games, he did average over 60 at fullback uh, for the Raiders, the back end of season in 2022. So he does have that potential in him. And, mm. a guy, is there another CTW fullback that has a chance to play fullback for their team at the moment? I'm like I'm asking the question. Like, is there? I feel like we, we've been fu- we've been fucked with Jules here. Yeah, he might be the only guy that's playing fullback for an NRL side that is also dual CTW. Yeah, I which is yeah. And look, I I also think like, and you know on. what, you, you make a really good point there. I yeah, could not believe when I opened up Xavier Savage's scores from Xavier last Xavier. year. It felt like to me he was having an absolute shocker of a season. He was all over the place. But you're right. He was he was mounting on 60-point games quite regularly. So if he does get the gig, he becomes interesting. But the, the other thing, is, and, and this is what's going to make it so fucking hard, um, I, I'm pretty sure Seb Chris is suspended for the first few games of the year. I think he's missing. Oh, he, yeah, he is. Too. So he we're is, actually not going to know what Seb Chris's oh. position is until he comes back, which – once again, Ricky Stewart roulette. Yep. I will. I love all these young kids. I think they're all a little bit too raw. And with the Seb Chris wild card coming back in three weeks' time, I don't think I can go near them. Because he's suspended. He, does that rule him out of the trials as well? I have got no idea what rules the NRLs are going to mm-hmm. make on the eve of those games. Okay. Like they always fucking yeah. do. I don't know. And it's not like you can look at Seb Chris's games at fullback and go, oh, he's not a fullback. We can't play him there. He was solid as fuck. He kind of, he kind of grew into the position, to be honest. He was solid. He wasn't yeah. a world beater. He wasn't like one of the best fullbacks in the game. But by no means was he a liability at fullback for the Raiders in 2023. So, he was very he was, Ricky Stewart. He, yeah. yeah. He was one of the reasons why they kind of – they were stunted in attack though because he didn't really give them the that other option in attack. Yeah, but, mate, they've been stunted in attack for six years. Let's be fucking honest here. They've never been a free-flowing yeah, footy fair. side. That's why I think the Raiders, I think this year they'll be a bit of a shit fight, but if all these young kids kick on, they've got yeah. potential to be a very yep. exciting footy team over the next few years with guys like Horsburgh, Tarpanay, all these great offloaders, Hudson Young. If these young guys can kick on, if a guy like Chevy can learn some hard lessons this year – and come into next year, they're going to be very, very interesting all of a sudden. They're, they're such a vanilla team, and they're a vanilla mm. team across the park. I'm yeah. talking punting. I'm talking super coach. Anything, it's just like, bleh. Like, you can't look at a, a Raiders game when you're punting and go, okay, where's the try score is going to be? Is there a guy that is just hammering down yeah. an ATS every week for the Raiders? No, just, it's a just, fucking lottery. Yeah. Or you do and the same thing with – and it's same, and it's the same thing with with teams playing them. Is there is there a position on the field where they're really weak that you can sort of jump on for the opposing team? Basically, no, there isn't. It's vanilla. You don't know what's going on. It's the same thing for Supercoach. There's no one that you're picking in draft that that you're like, yes, I'm really excited about this Raiders player. Yeah, Even and, yeah. Joey Tapanay, he's like. He's gotten vanilla as fuck as well. Like he's put the offload away. He's getting sort of – he's very consistent, getting those 60 points, but vanilla as fuck. And he, I, I hope that one of these young kids come – and that was what I liked about Savage was he came in and he was that X factor. And 
that's what they fucking need. So hopefully, whether it be Savage, whether it be fucking Strange, whether it be Weeks, whoever the fuck, hopefully they get a little bit of oomph in their attack and it's someone that can, well, one, that I can punt on, yeah. but also someone that, you know, is a little bit interesting for draft day. And that, that's the thing about Canberra. You describe them as um, vanilla there. I'd go a step further. They're not fucking blue ribbon vanilla. They're vanilla that fucking Ned Flanders would serve you. It's just an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's black and gold. It's black and gold it's brand proper black vanilla and gold ice cream. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think the other one that's going to be interesting, and I don't know if you had him in your notes later, but this Morgan Smithies that's arriving from uh, England. Mm, I, I heard I, you talking I, about him the other day. Yeah, I uh, I think he'll get the 13 jersey by the sounds of it. And some players that I've spoken to that have played with and against him over there, they really rate him. I watched probably 40 minutes of his footy the other day and I did not – and I'm not exaggerating here. I did not see a single tackle break or a single offload – the entire fucking time. I think he is going to be a classic, oh, probably make 45 tackles. I reckon he'll average 50 on the dot, and I reckon we'll be looking at him going, where the fuck are the attacking stats here? Um, yep. So just be aware of him. I reckon he'll be a guy that if he's not playing huge minutes, I think he's a bit of a trap. Um, coming from the guy who famously said when John Bateman came in, he's too small to make it. Uh, so read into that what you will. <laughs> but if you get a chance, just type in Morgan Smithy's highlights. There's yeah, like a okay. seven-minute one you can watch, and there just seems to be no upside there whatsoever. They, and do, I just, they, do, they do love bringing over the poms, don't they? How surprising yeah. that such a vanilla team just picked up a vanilla player. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to be wrong if so, but my vibe from watching him and was just like, fuck, I wonder if all these players rate him just because he is the toughest motherfucker out there and he will just tackle anything with a pulse. Uh, but for super coach purposes in particular, I am far from convinced. For a yeah. team that struggles to score points, it's an interesting choice to go from Big Red at lock to Smithy. And it's, I thought Big Red was getting really good, eh? I was really mm, loving him at the moment. Is he just going back into the front rotation then? I'd say so. Is Sounds that, that way. Oh. To, to, to be honest with you, though, boys, I've spoken about oh, him a lot. He's one of my CBAs. Fucking uh, Puru, the young 13. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he would be my 13 every day of the week. I think he's so underrated. And I think when he does eventually get an opportunity, I don't know if it'll be this year with Smithies or whatever, but if he gets an opportunity, mm. he is going to be your top pick on a waiver wire in a fucking heartbeat. Mm. I think I'm very likely to draft him late on draft day just to see what happens in the nation's capital. Pool oh, that's got a that's got guru written oil all mm. over that yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is tasty. All right. What about Lomax? Because man, if we get a sniff, if we get a fucking whiff that he's gonna wear the the fullback jersey, I think we're all over his dick. Is there any whispers or talk or confirmation or anything in the pipeworks that's saying that Zach Lomax will play fullback? Uh, nothing confirmed whatsoever. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very quickly running out of patience with Tyrell Sloan, boys. I just, uh, he came through the junior grades with so much talent, so much promise. Uh, Bud Sullivan's now gone. Uh, Amone's mm. obviously got his situation. So he's sort of the last man standing, Tyrell Sloan, and he's been the least impressive of the three. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, just based on what I've seen of him, I am not sure how much of a Shane Flanagan guy he's going to be realistically. Uh, once again, I hope Sloan comes out, puts egg all over my face and fucking brains it. But I just, I don't know. My vibe is that they'll go in a different direction. Uh, obviously, Moses Sully re-signed the other day, long-term. 
Uh, so yeah. you can lock him in one season. He's centre. played really well last season. He's been incredible. He was such a good Got so player. much respect for Sully. Um, but I think it's also been interesting that Jack Bird's come out and said he wants to play centre. Um, for me, I just can't imagine Jack Bird coming out and saying that unless there's been a conversation with Flano and there's an opportunity to play centre there. Uh, mm. So I, I reckon... And mate, fuck! What have they got to lose? Jesus Christ! Like they, I, I, I have, I still have no idea what the fuck happened with Ronald Volkman the other day. That's the most bizarre no. situation oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Oh, that um, was the wildest piece. Oh, yeah. wow. But you, you I, I would say you're going to be running with Flano at six. Um, I know. I was yeah. talking on bloke the other day, and Kempy read out a quote from Shane saying that Kyle had signed as a nine. I'm fuck. I'm not buying that for a second. I'm yeah. leave that at the door. Nah. I do not believe that for a split second. Um, I, I, so mate, what, what have you got to lose? Play Lomax at fullback. If it goes terribly in the first six weeks, okay. It really sure. did seem like the back end of last season. Lomax was going. He sent a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was mm. basing like there was some guys here base pure bases, fifty, fifty six. 44, 40. I mean, uh, there was a stretch of games where he went like 32, 26, 30 points just in H8. Uh, yeah. and this, is, over this, is from, this is from fucking center. So you're talking about 20-plus runs a game there. The motherfucker was going, I need to be more in this team. Like, yeah. have a look at me. I'm a gun. Yeah, yeah. Put me in, coach. And honestly, I it's and it's hard to know, but the base will be there. Like the he he loves to put his hand up and and rip in. We've seen it. His runs are off the the, the hook, uh, but it may be that he's not. It's hard to know because I mean, when he plays center and he was just doing those ridiculous flick ball try assists to Ravalawa, that's where his big super coach yeah. point games were coming from. And also, we're talking about the Dragons, and I don't expect a lot of points coming from them. But I'm more excited, obviously, with him playing fullback and having his hands on the ball more often than he is at centre. I just think, I mean, what did he average? 60? 60 at centre in the Dragons who did fuck all all season? Yeah. It's I, exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I assume he'll be goal-kicking again next year, right? Yeah. Ho- yeah. Hopefully a bit better than he did last year. Yeah. I, you know, I had... um. He's he's such an interesting guy, Lomax. Like uh, when Brad Fit like Brad Fitler had him through the pathways and everything, and I I forget what it was, but he had a nickname for him. He used to call him like the chosen one or something like that, just because he had so much ability. Um, had Jamie Soward in on the podcast during the year, and you know, but I I think it was off camera, but Sowie said, you know, I spent three or four years training next to Mark Gasnier, and at training he would just do things that I would just sit there and go, wow. And he goes, I'm doing the same things with Zach Lomax. The difference was mm. with Gaz, it would just translate every weekend on the field. With Lomax, he hasn't quite put it together yet. Yeah, um, yeah. But, mate, the year that he puts it together, if he's playing fullback and goal kicking, and you know what? Like, he's averaged 16 to Dragons and it's going like a busted. Even if they go like a busted again. Under, under Flano, it could be a really mate, good under move. Under Flano, it could be wild. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like I just – he. I, He's honestly a guy, and people laugh at and shit, but he's a guy that it wouldn't surprise me if we get to next year and you're looking at Zach as a fullback, as a maybe a late one, maybe an early round two pick mm. because, mm. I mean, if he's averaging 60 at right centre doing sweet FA, imagine if he's playing fullback, even if they're a shit team, he's going to have well, more played, carries of the football. He's going to get more involved. He, he played he played half a dozen games at left centre, didn't he? 
Yeah, like they swapped to both ne- sides. Ne- next, to, yeah. next to Matt Figo. Yeah. Which did nothing Figo. for him. Matt Figo is like a fucking empty jersey. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think Lomax has got huge potential. <laughs> and I, I probably can't explain why, but there's just red flags all over Lomax for me. Every, every gut feel I have says, no, nah, just leave it to somewhere else. But the numbers are undeniable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I want him. And the thing, like... He's and we've termed the phrase uh, someone that you're really into chub rub yeah on that. the weekly rub down and he is a chub rub right so like there's yeah. things like how he chases down a high ball when you watch him do yeah. that you're like oh yeah this gives me a chub I like that the flick balls how um, involved he is in his running game all of a sudden you see him at fullback not only that is he probably will be CTW fullback jewel yep. for the remainder of the season after he gets moved there hello fuck thanks for coming like I said the absolute gold jewel other than halfback 58 is a fullback that is playing fullback for their club, but is also available at CTW. Someone that you can put at the CTW position who is actually playing fullback for their, their club. That is that is that's heaven, there. baby. Yeah. So there's a lot to like about Lomax. And even even if he's at C- like he's gonna play center, um, I'm just gonna pick him up just in case some you know, dragons start rough yeah. and Flano goes, you know what, fuck it. Let's go, baby. And four rounds in, they put put him back to fullback. He brains it. And for the rest of the year, he plays fullback. And he's right in that sweet spot, Lomax, where I don't think he plays origin. I don't think he gets oh. rested at the end of the season. Uh, Injuries yeah. don't seem to worry me too much with him. Uh, and I think he's also, like, he's just got so much talent that I think he just, like, he might be in a team where he might come up with less tries and whatnot than the average fullback. But he's also in a team that's just got fucking nothing going for them. And they will just throw the ball to him. <laughs> And he's the sort of guy that can create something out of nothing. He'll throw balls over the sideline. He'll come up with errors, but so does Reese Walsh. You yeah. need him. To, you want him to be trying to create things and come up with things. You chuck in the goal kicking. Um, you know, I I assume it won't happen. But if something happens that Shane pulls a fucking miracle here and the Dragons are a half decent footy side, and he's kicking goals in it, like they, they don't even have to be a top eight side if they're a top twelve side and they're just plugging along okay and they're scoring points and he's kicking goals. There's so much upside. Like I, like I, I remember sitting there in round 17 last year in my draw, or round 16 or something last year, and going, "Okay, who am I going to take here?" Oh, there's a goal kicker sitting there, Jermaine Osaka. Take him there, and no one ever would have anticipated what Osaka managed to do last. <laughs> but it was huge, oh, and yeah, no, yeah. you're obviously going to go have to go wildly early in that for Lomax, but he could be one of the value picks of the year. Yeah. Funny thing about uh, the Dragons as well, like they actually don't have to perform that well for Lomax to uh, be involved in their attacking raids because they're the most dominant attacking edge in terms of percentage for tries scored in the comp. They yeah. score over 54% of their tries down their right edge. So although they don't score a lot of tries, they score fucking all of them down yeah. the right edge. So... You know, any points that the Dragons are going to muster up, even if they're struggling, Lomax is going to be involved somewhere. And, like, not only is, like I said before, like, not only is he involved in those backline players off Hunt, giving Ravalawa the ball, but also I just, those high balls that Hunt puts up and the chase that he puts on, mm-hmm. he just, he, he, he makes the contest 50 50 every single time. So I'm huge on him. He's a guy that I'm not. 
scared to reach for in the 2024 draft. We uh, we can't talk about Zach Lomax for 10 minutes and not mention the obvious, you know, huge downside is that you just have to be watching the Dragons week in, week out. You have to be heavily invested in them. And honestly, maybe it's stupid, but that's 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 a big factor for me, honestly. The the advantage of that is that they tend to play the vast majority of their games on a Sunday afternoon, so he's a good little last captain option to have there. You can normally see your VC throughout the weekend and whatnot, which I like having, but... Christ. Uh, yeah, there's so much upside, but just so much that worries me at the same time. Hard yards. Hard yards watching those games, baby. At least he's the only cunt that's fucking exciting in the team. Before we move on from him, let's say in the trials, uh, Tyrell Sloan gets injured. Yep. And you know he's going to play fullback. If there is no question about it, uh, I think Ramsey's still no good. He's not a chance. If Tyler Sloan, for whatever reason, wasn't available, all of a sudden it's Zach Lomax and probably Paul Turner for fullback. Or if I know he's going to play fullback, he honestly becomes one of the most interesting guys on draft day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. No, I agree and that. mainly because of the flexibility he's going to afford you because of the duel yep. that he'll eventually get. That's that's huge. Like, and we'll keep harping on about jewels throughout the preseason, but because we've just been stripped of so many, they are becoming more and more valuable. Yeah, as we go along. I think and if you're one great. of these people that gets Cleary or Hines, and like probably in a deeper league like mine, if you're in a 14 man league and I get back at pick 28, and 29, or 28 and 30 or whatever it is. Jeez, there's, there's probably going to be better players than Zach Lomax available there, but getting that duel and covering a number of positions, if you know he's playing fullback, people will say it's early, but Christ, to get a 60-point CTW when he's playing CTW and now jumping into fullback with goal kicking, he becomes goal kicking, very yeah. enticing. Uh, yeah. Who, ha, ha, How many players tick all those boxes? Exactly right. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's He's very, very interesting. Yeah, like... Whew. It's very arousing. It doesn't feel right, but I think it's the right call. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Right. Are there any other situations so far in the preseason that you think are worthy of chatting chatting about before we get into the CBA talk? Uh, none that really pop up to me, boys. I think you've covered all the main ones, and I think that you know all the other minor ones that are getting around. I think we'll have a much clearer view of it all mm. come trials, as we will with everyone we've just spoken about. And and the funny thing is, like all everything that we spoke about so far, there's some real value to be had there, and yeah. it's up to you guys listening to keep your, your finger on the pulse, you know, follow on socials, do your own research as well. You know, make sure you watch all the trials, get as many podcasts in your fucking lug holes as you can get in them and prep hard for this because I can't remember a season where there was this much up in the air at this point where you just like things could fall and drastically change your opinion on blokes. Mm. Usually there's like a handful of teams, but it's almost close to 17 teams are all got a lot of question marks over certain positions. And and we're not even talking about like, oh, yeah, he could be okay. Maybe I'll pick him up in, you know, round 15, blah, blah, blah. Most of what we're talking about are guys that we're – like if it works out, we're going to reach for these motherfuckers. Mm. So huge implications, massive implication, which for me is exciting. It's going to make draft day – one hell of a day, and it's already Christmas anyway. Now it's going to be very interesting. 
And the thing is, there's always cunts in your league that don't do the, the research, that turn up, hungover, don't give a fuck. They're like, whatever. And you just look at him and you just go, oh, I'm going to make him my bitch today. <laughs> Hold on to this pocket. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to walk the yard and stay close and hold on to this pocket, bitch, because it's going to be a long day for you, pal. <laughs> oh, God. Right, let's get into the could be anything. And I love I love how it's CBA and the CBA Association. It's, it's growing legs, bro. It's, 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 it's great. And it's got to a point now where pressure's building, bro, because you're that good at it that – you have to back it up now every year, and you haven't missed for us. Uh, obviously, on the bloke podcast, you've always got you know a state of origin smokey or a guy that's going to make it big, and you've nailed them as well. But here on the wire, we want to we want to talk about some guys that obviously might get a shot throughout the season. Guys that you think that maybe a one injury away come in could be very super coach relevant. The type of guys that if you take a punt on on draft day and they're in your side and something happens and everyone, I will talk about this the other day, Wooker, everyone starts going, yes, I'm first pick on the waiver and they start searching for him and they go, where the fuck is this cunt? And then they pick, they click on teams and they go, someone's already got him. That sneaky motherfucker. They're the guys we want to talk about, babe. Yeah. And, um, I'll be honest with you, boys. It's probably uh, a little bit earlier than what I anticipated, so I need to go through and have a bit of a deeper look. I'm sort of like I want results, not excuses. Yeah, 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 for sure. And they will they will come as we go. I've sort of got a very long list of guys here that I think are worth keeping an eye on, um, mm-hmm. and it's getting harder as well because I get asked about this all the fucking time, and I'm naming guys all the time, like before. You know, the Hopgood thing. Like, I, I didn't talk about him the year before because no one wanted to fucking hear about it, whereas now a guy like Ido, who would have been a massive... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One for me this year. I've been talking about him for two years now, so everyone's already aware of him and whatnot. Um, it's like that, that the Carl Barron skit where he keeps saying rolled oats and after a while, rolled <laughs> oats, rolled oats. What are rolled oats? He forgets the meaning of what rolled oats are. You've said it so many times. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a lot of these guys on the list that I've spoken about already last year. So, if, you know, obviously Rub Down and Guru listeners, some of these names you would have heard before, but mm. obviously Iro at Cronulla. I absolutely love this kid. I think he's a superstar in waiting. Yeah, yeah. But you're relying on Craig Fitzgibbon making a change to his side. So, fuck knows. No. Uh, I think the big advantage, though, for Ito this year is that Connor Tracy has left. So, he is without a doubt next man up. Um, yeah, yeah. I was staying in communications with him at different points throughout last season when he was 18th man, and he genuinely thought he was a sniff every week. So, I think he is getting closer and closer to making a debut. Uh, with Connor Tracy gone, I am confident. Uh, put, put it this way If you're one of those Sharkies outside backs You do not want to give this kid Eight weeks To show what you can do You don't want to get injured You don't want to get suspended Any of that stuff The problem is that When you look at that Cronulla Sharks back line They're all very oh. established First graders That's the thing that yeah. makes it So hard to get in um, It's going to be very Very difficult for him To break into that side uh, I just 
that's the worry I have. But I think his best opportunity to get in there is if Fitzy moves Sifatalakai into the middle or onto an edge and he plays mm. left centre. But at the end of the day, and you know, I, I see a lot of super coach people on <laughs> social media saying that's what he has to do, that's what he's going to do. At what point has Craig Fitzgibbon shown you any fucking indication that he's going to move Sifatalakai? Like, none mm. whatsoever. Yes, there's defensive problems, all that sort of stuff, but the fucker averages 180 metres out of centre. Like, it's just yep. about the best in the league. So, I don't know. He, he's right up there for me. If, and if one of those boys in that back line gets uh, an injury, a season-ending injury, Euro will absolutely dominate, and what he'll be, be one of the best drafts. Uh, I think it's centre. He can play fullback. Uh, I haven't seen him play as much fullback, to be fair. But I do okay. think that if they need a fullback, they will probably lean towards Cade Dykes before Ido. Yeah. Um, okay. I think he's next up right. in the back line, centre or wing. Uh, if is, I there, had- is there a world where Wilton doesn't work out and they move Telekai to back row and Iroh comes in at centre? I think there is definitely a world where that could happen. Um, I would be... Ito is one of those guys that I think has got so much upside and he's in a good footy side that scores points that I would be drafting him as if he's starting at centre because the opportunity will come eventually and I believe he's good enough to stay in that side once he gets there. Yeah, so... uh, yeah, I will be looking at him very closely, but I think he'll be very popular. He'll be another guy that a lot of people will be talking about in Classic. Um, Wong, we've already spoken about him at the Sydney Roosters. He's another one that I am beyond filthy. Got him written he, down. Yeah, but I'm, you know, everyone knows about Wong now. He's he's not a secret anymore, um, and I've been sucking his dick for two and a half years I now. Can, so. I can see the table rise in front of you. Yes, without a doubt. So Wong, I think, is a huge one. Uh, he's he's probably the one that I've spoken about the most over the last years that I think he explodes. Uh, Puru, we've already spoken about him at the Camper Raiders. I really like the look of him. If he gets a spot on that side, God knows, trying to work out what Ricky Stewart's going to do, especially with a small forward. Fucking miss me. Uh, but I think he's got a lot of ability. <laughs> I think a really interesting guy, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think Tom Jenkins heading up to the Newcastle Knights is very interesting. Yeah. I think he is every chance to land on the right wing for the Newcastle Knights. If he does. It's an interesting scenario. Very interesting yeah. scenario. If he well, does. Saw what he, saw what he did in those few games. Bro, he's a finisher. He's a natural finisher. Mm. And the thing that I love most about it is that he's got Dan guy inside him. You have a look at Danger Guy. Mm. I think he averaged 70-odd last year, and all he did was pass the fucking football, break a tackle, yeah. offload, create opportunities. Um, KP, you know, starting to play a bit more down that edge too. Um, can you imagine a world where KP wins a Dalian medal and the right winger scores 25 tries in a season? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, yeah, exactly. you used to not pick the Newcastle right winger simply because KP never crossed the mm. 50% line, yeah. whereas now 25 tries in a season, the tries will be there. Does he score 25? Probably not. But if he scores 18 or 19 and you're getting him late because no one fucking knows who he is, you're absolutely flying. So, well, Gago uh, had like 16 try involvements when bro, you take out his tries. Like, Gago's uh, playing his best footy he's ever played right now. Mm. It, it is insane. Yeah. Like, he is just on a tra- running a train on other sides at the his moment. His base power was like 58 or something. That's yeah. fucking I'm, wild I'm like there, that. I'm sitting there with, with him yeah, in my arms. In my classic side, just going, how the fuck aren't people owning this guy? He is just absolutely yeah. dominating. Uh, so Jenkins, I think, is a big one. Obviously, Talos Duncan, uh, we've spoken about him a lot. I think if you can get him, you go and get him. Um, Gordon Chan come Tong. Uh, I've heard you guys pronounce his yeah, name wrong yeah. 99% of the time on your podcast so far. It's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go I'll as just, high as 100%. I'll just – I'll just <laughs> look, I'll correct you there, Guru. It's Gordon come on your chin. Come on your chin. Much. <laughs> um, Gordy is a 
very, very talented player. Uh, he will sit behind Lockie Croker, I believe. Um, I think he'll be the 14 come round one. There is another kid there, I believe his last name's Humphreys, who's impressed so far in preseason. Uh, but I think Gordon will grab that jersey. Um, Hooker's just fucked, as you guys know, and as all the listeners cool. know. Yeah, so, it's a great position. Gordon, I don't know. I, I think that of all the options that could, if an injury falls their way and they could grab big minutes, he's probably the one that I like the most. Oh, um, so he's your, he's your Sonny Luke of the season? Yeah, he is my Sonny Luke, which means avoid like the fucking plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think a really interesting one's up at the North Queensland Cowboys, and I think this guy's a little bit raw at the moment, but uh, Valia, who left the New Zealand Warriors, uh, he has oh, got yeah. so much fucking upside, and... Mm. The thing that fills me with confidence at the Cowboys is that they signed um, Valame from the mm. uh, from the Canberra Raiders a couple of months ago, and I wouldn't have picked when when Valame was at the Raiders. I wouldn't have picked him in my Oz tag team. I he just looks so far from a first grader to me, and he arrived up at the North Queensland Cowboys, and he looked an absolute billion. So Valia, in my opinion, is more talented than him. He's raw. Uh, but fuck, he's got so much potential. And I, I thought Laybutt was an automatic in that side to land at centre, and he, he probably mm. still is, but I'm telling you, this Valia, if he gets an opportunity, fuck. It's a big boy too, isn't he? Uh, big yeah. unit. I'm not sure, quite sure how it's going to translate to Supercatch just yet, if I'm honest with you. But I think if the Cowboys are humming, which we know they can, he is going to be such a fucking handful in that side. It's mm. not even funny. Um, what else have we got here? A, a, a couple of guys that are already sort of established. Uh, another one that sort of came on late last year was Sandon Smith, uh, who oh, yeah. um, I think you guys might have spoken about him the other day in a podcast I was listening to, and I agree with everything you said. He's a guy that I actually don't think he'll be in the Rooster 17 come round one, um, mm. but he's a guy that I can see myself drafting, knowing that he is probably one injury away from being a starting half in a very good side who he has shown he can handle uh, the best of them. Um, we especially when you take into consideration that knee of um, of Walker, the yeah. knee of Walker, the head of Kiri. Uh, there's a <sighs> lot of things going on there that could play a role. Um, caught up with Connor Watson a, a, a couple of weeks ago, met him for the first time, was talking to him. He seems reasonably confident that he's going to get that 14 jersey, um, yeah. which which makes sense. Uh, that's what he was brought to the club for. Sandon Smith, I think, played well enough to keep it, but I think Connor will have first dibs there. Um, yep. So Sandon Smith, I think he's a guy that I'll probably get late, and I'm happy to be a little bit patient with him. Uh, I think he's only halfback, is he? He's only halfback. Yeah, back. only halfback, yeah. So there's every chance if he comes in and plays more nine or whatever it might be, uh, there's every chance he gets dual at some point, which could make him very, mm. very interesting. He's a very long-term play. Um, but, you know, my my comp, we added a bench spot last year to go to five, and I'm looking at that extra spot as being a real project guy, and Sandon's yep. got project written all over him to me. Mm. So he's a very interesting guy. Um, guys, I'll tell you what, one guy you didn't mention in your front row forward conversation was Terrell May. I reckon boy. he absolutely explodes mm. this season. I love him. And people won't pick him because they'll go, oh, he can't get the minutes. I'll give you the hot tip. He doesn't fucking need the minutes. He is an abs. He is just and he is like Peeping Andrew Fafita at his peak. He is just his PPM is just insane, and guys just can't fucking tackle him. 
you see the mm. roost as soon as he comes off the f- on the field, they all just flood the middle because they know what he's capable of doing. Um, he, oh, I absolutely love thing about. Oh, sorry, I love most things about Terrell May. I hate the way that he's talking about going to sign for any other club that'll fucking have him. That I yeah. imagine that doesn't bode overly well at the Roosters. Uh, no. But Terrell May is a no. guy that I can see going a little bit early on because I think he's got so much potential. Um, a guy down at the Canberra Raiders that I think he has a a, a bit of a breakout season this year. Is Atamariota. I loved him towards oh, the end. Oh, played a few games. Very impressive. Yeah. Once again, Horsburgh, Tarpanay, Smithies, Gula. A lot of mouths to feed there, but he's a guy that I just think mm. he, he looks like the next Josh Papali'i to me. That's what I see in him. Um, and Josh Papali'i's obviously taken up a spot too. So I'm not sure if the minutes will be there or whatnot, but geez, I'll tell you what, if the Raiders have a bad injury run in their forward park, Keep an eye on Mariota because I think he will absolutely explode this year. Um, the West Tigers, you've obviously got my little mate Latu who's there. Um, I would have to assume the halves are going to be Aiden Caesar and Bud Sullivan. Uh, yep. But if one of them wants uh, to go down, I think Latu is the next man up, Latu Finu. Um, do I think he's ready for first grade at the moment? Probably not. Uh, but if he gets in there, he will come up with opportunities. I believe he's dual. Maybe one of you can deal that whilst we're sitting here. Um, but even if he – I think he might only be halfback maybe. Um, it's interesting because Aiden says is old as fuck, so. Yes, old as fuck, yes, which – yeah. And, and mate, Bud Sullivan, I love him. He's 5'8 five eight, five eight only. He's 5'8 only, okay. That doesn't help. But 5'8's a bit of a shit kicker spot at the moment. It's a, it's, it is. It's a difficult spot, so. And I'll tell you what, if you manage to land a, you know, as you guys spoke about, you know, draft strategy, if you guys manage to land a Harry Grant or you manage to land a Jeremy Marsh King or a hooker you're happy with and you might then go, hey, 5'8's going to be my spot that I go, fuck it, Latu might be Ooh. your guy to grab. If you're going to go fuck it with it anyway, grab Latu, see what happens. If you find another 5'8 throughout know. the season, good as gold, but I don't mind Latu as your guy. Once again, if it's going to be halfback that you go fuck it, Sandon Smith is probably your guy mm. there just to be patient with. Um, mm. One of the Broncos, who I think he's probably a little bit away from getting in there, but uh, Josh Carapani, uh, who was at the South Sydney Rabbitohs last year, a centre with a lot of talent. Um, I'm not quite sure why he's left South Sydney. There wasn't really much said, which usually indicates maybe an attitude thing no one wants to talk about. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't know that. That's just me going off that there's there was really nothing said about it. He's arrived at the Brisbane Broncos. They've obviously got a lot of outside backs up there, but there are spots available there as well. Um, and, you know, if something happens that this Cobo move doesn't play out the way they're expecting, they'll be looking for a genuine centre and Carapani could be one. Just one to keep an eye on. I think he's probably a little bit further down the pecking order. Uh, Penrith. Boys, there is some gold sitting out there at Penrith. Um, Ooh, I heard you talk about Lindsay is. Smith the other day. Now, yeah. Lindsay Smith, yep. I think, super coach-wise, very good player. Boys, I thought in the finals he really hurt his chances. I thought he was – he just struggled defensively. Not in a super coach point of view, but I just think from a Penrith Panthers point of view, yeah, I'm, not, okay. if the, I'm not sure if the stocks will be as high on him. Um, Maverick Geyer is one that I think will come into the side. Yeah, I think I think he's a very good chance to nab Jersey 17. Um, there's another front row forward there. I believe his name's Liam Henry. Uh, I reckon he's mm, also a very yeah. good chance to grab that front row forward spot. And as you guys said on your podcast the other day um, – you know, there's not huge minutes for that Penrith pack, especially the middles. They do rotate quite a bit. You know Isaiah Yeo is going to play big minutes. So not a stack of opportunity there, but the advantage is that the front row forwards don't play huge minutes. 
You yeah. almost mm. you almost at the Penrith Panthers, if you can become the main front row forward off the bench, it really is the sort of gold spot to be. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, a, that's the thing. Because you've got Leota and JFH really not commanding a lot of minutes, you could come off the bench and actually command the line share of minutes yep. quite easily. Yeah, yep, for sure. So, well, I mean, Spenny Lenny would have taken up a fair few minutes and they've, they've got to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Henry's name is. Yeah, I had it right the first time. Um, he's one that I think is worth keeping an eye on. Um, Canterbury, a lot of talk about Sam Hughes coming out of there. Uh, I know that oh, Phil yeah. Gould's been impressed with him. Um, I haven't seen too much of Sam Hughes, to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, but, mate, I was I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I was sitting there going, fuck, is Josh Curran really going to be their 13? And then I went through their squad, and I'm not sure if I can see a world where Josh Curran isn't their 13. And, mate, I have no idea who's mm. going to partner Max King in the front row. Um, it is their, – their middles are absolutely fucking shot. Tra- they're trash, aren't they? Oh, mate, and we saw Jacob Preston. Mate, Liam Knight was the option, wasn't he? Well – Mate, Liam Knight might be the second best front row forward at that club, and like I, I don't even know if Max King's fit. He seemed to carry an injury every single round last year. Um, he had a sternum injury. Sternum injury, yeah. So ho- hopefully that's recovered and sweet. But Sam Hughes is one. I'm hearing that uh, Patolo, who they've been very high on the last two years, he just seemingly can't get his body right, and it sounds like that's the scenario again at Canterbury. So middle forwards there. There's an opportunity. Couple of guys up at the Broncos, and I think Super Coach wise. People are going nuts for Fletcher Baker. Um, Natty, you're a Roosters fan. There hasn't been much that I've seen from Fletcher Baker that has made me think he's going to go up there and absolutely brain it. Yeah, not, not once. The he, signing makes gonna, very little sense He's going to fill the same role that Fletcher did. Yeah, I'm not convinced he will. I, I'm not even convinced he fills that role. I, I just yeah. – I don't know. I didn't understand the signing they the day they signed him. And yeah. when they signed him, it made me sort of – and, you know, I heard five weeks before that the Broncos were looking at him, and I just thought, surely fucking not. So I've, I watched him closely for the rest of the season, sort of going, oh, is there something I'm missing here? If I am if I was missing it, I still am. I just don't quite see it. What I do no. see, though, and he is in the – Who's the big Who's the big bit of gear that plays there at the Broncos? So there's Ben Takura. Xavier Williston. I think Ben Takura is the one you're going to hear about. There is Xavier Wilson. Yep. He just if he can get his body right, he's great as well. He's he's, am, he's fuck amazing. Knows. Ben Takura is the one you're thinking of, though. I think Natty. He is a big bit of yep. gear. He played in the trials last year. He's an absolute monster. Mm. Um, I know the Broncos see him as a Payne Haas potential sort of guy. Yep. He's one to watch. The other one that I think Supercoach wise, um, and he, he he's in the Supercoach system at the moment. I've spoken about it a little bit over the last few years. His name's Jaden Hunt. Uh, he played at the St George Illawarra oh, Dragons yeah. last few years. He is an absolute just PPM. He's fantastic. He just gets through so much work. He doesn't have much upside, but I, I think he is a little smoky up there in Brisbane. I think he's another one to keep Ooh. an eye on. Um, I fucking hate that I've given you so many front row forwards. Uh, <laughs> the other one that's dual position, down at the Dragons, that forward pack is fucking rank. I don't know what he's doing there. Um, mm. I saw you guys post that thing about uh, Jack DeBellin the other day. Uh, my only counter to that would be, and it's something that I noticed last year, mate, every time Shane Flanagan was commentating on a Dragons game, he always seemed to point out that he thought DeBellum was playing too many minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> which, this is which, good. This is what we got here, bro. Like, yeah, like, which is what really worries me. But then, dialed in. But then I, I listened to your reel the other day explaining your thought process, and I don't disagree with anything you said. The minutes are there. Someone's got to mm. fucking play, and they're going to run with two hookers. Blake Laurie, he can't play more than 55, in my opinion. 
Who mm. else is there? You would have to think it's Debellin, well, but the, the two Molo brothers that pro- and they pro- play pro- fuck all the rest brothers. of them. Mate, Blocker's the one that's got all the yeah, minutes yeah. Yeah. for the big boys, and he plays fifty-one minutes and yeah. has the last LA's three only, years. Only low minutes. But yeah, so. I, I'm far from convinced that Flano is going to play JDB for the minutes that he probably should, and maybe that changes the season goes on. The worse they get. But I think yeah. the one to keep an eye on, he moved from the Manly Seagulls last year, Viliami Fafita, um, just has big upside, big, big upside. And I think that – I think Flano will just – you know, I think based on that team, I think very few of them have an ownership of a jersey, probably outside of blocker, Jack DeBellin. Sounds like he might be doing some toggling, yeah. some tinkering. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I – mate, if I was Shane Flanagan, I'd be saying in the trials, you got the charity shield, fucking there's five jerseys in the middle. Whoever fucking grabs them, it's yours. And we'll see where we go from yep. there. So Viliami Fafita, I think he's one with a bit of upside to keep an eye on there. Um, Mav Gaia, he's another one that I mentioned. Uh, yep. There's yep. A, there's a few getting around. We'll, We'll sort of wait until trials and see who appears uh, to go a little bit deeper on them. But those are sort of the guys that I'm ballpark looking at at the moment. But to be honest with you, like a guy like Wong, I feel super confident on, but you guys already know about Wong. At the moment, I don't really have a feel of like a Hopgood or a Cotter or someone that I am super confident. No one knows that it's going to absolutely explode. Um, And I think a lot of people will grasp onto Chevy Stewart is going to be the guy or – I just think a lot of them are very raw, and I think that if you're telling me they're going to be the breakout guys, you're probably just grasping to say something. Um, Mm. So I don't want this CBA thing to be – like I don't want to throw someone there if I'm not confident on them. Uh, I'm confident on Iroh if he gets the opportunity, which I'm not convinced he will. I'm confident on Jenkins if he gets the opportunity. I'm hyper-confident on Wong if he gets the 80 minutes. Uh, But a lot of it's just going to come down to opportunity and who gets it realistically. Well, mate, the CBAs in draft land have always been the guys that you take a pun on, and it may work out or it may not because you're not completely confident on. But they're the guys that you're punting on late. Yeah. So they're guys that are worth a punt, especially – and, I mean, we haven't gone down that road, but a lot of leagues, especially with the HIAs and everything that's come out, have extended their benches to be, you know, like an an eight-man bench, something like that, which affords you the ability to have punts on these CBA guys that you can get in your bench and be like, righto. Fucking let's see how you go. It's it's not going to bother your output as as a super coach team because you know you've got the the depth there to carry these guys and mate that's that's what you got to do because these late picks don't be trying don't overthink the room when it comes to your late picks. Mm. It's all for punts. It's all fucking punting. Just yeah. just have big punts. You you're better off having a fucking punt on a guy like Iro or one of the guys that you mentioned, Guru, than taking a guy that you know is going to come off the bench, get 45 points in the front row, and have him on your bench. Fucking boring. Miss yeah. me with that. Oh, I think the one guy I forgot to mention, once again, because he's so like he's only played one or two games now, because he's such in the public eye, so far long ago at the Melbourne Storm. Oh, uh, yeah, you guys yeah. know how long I've been high on him, but everyone's well and truly aware of him. Like He played the Kangaroos twice last year, so everyone's well and truly aware of him, and everyone knows that if Pappy goes down, he is the next guy to step into that yeah. role. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he's drafted um, because there's every chance he ends up uh, probably not. The, uh, I mean, they, they might end up. Is there a chance with him on they their bench. play him on the, on the wing? Yeah, I, I reckon 
Yeah, a, a lot of people saying they reckon he's a sniff to play centre or wing. I I think defensively he'd really struggle out there. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he played wing in, in reserve grade, to be fair, when, when Pappy was in that team. I think the chat of him playing centre is a little bit off the mark, though I can't see that. Um, yeah. The other guy that I... If you, if you draft Pappy, you need to seriously look at him. As a handcuff yeah, option. You need an insurance policy there, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other guy who's not a – well, two guys actually. They're not could be anythings, but they are guys that I think are interesting. Obviously, Bronson Zeri is one of them returning to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Mm. I think he starts slow. I'm not expecting Canterbury to absolutely jump out of the ground, but Bronson is a very, very talented player. He is lightning quick. Um Point the to prove narrative. Point which to I love. prove. Yeah, I've I've watched him train a number of times over the last few weeks down there with um Roger Fabrin. He is absolutely fucking flying. He's very great. He's a big body. I I reckon he'll. You'll probably see him lose a bit of weight, like lose a bit of size as the season moves forward. I probably think he's a little bit too big at the moment for center. Um, but I think he'll drop that very quickly, and I think he'll be a good pick. The other one, boys, which will sound super boring, but. I would be more than happy at some point on draft day to take a punt on Tom Eisenhuth. I reckon there is every chance that he gets an edge spot for the Dragons. Um, early days, but was having a look at some Dragons training photos the other day that, by the look of it, was evidently a training run. Uh, Jaden Sewell was on the left, and in, in every single photo, Tommy Eisenhuth was sort of on the right outside Benny Hunt. So um, not a super exciting guy, but if he locks down 80 minutes, which... I reckon there's every chance that Flano would just love to have someone he can just fucking rely on uh, to put mm. out there. Tommy Eisenhuth, mm. dual position, two RF CTW. If he plays 80 minutes in the second row, thanks for coming. Yep. That's 50 to 55 points bankable. Yep. Never have to mm. think about it again. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, mate, he um he toils when he gets on the field. Like, yep. wasn't getting a lot of minutes at Storm, but when he got them, uh, yeah, he was dependable with that PPM for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's another kid at the Tigers, no, the Dragons. Sorry that I like. I'm just looking for his name. I'm blanking on his name. He is a center um, that I wouldn't be surprised if he does come into the side. If anyone wants to pat me for a second until I find his name, it's it's interesting that you said. I'd rather watch it drown, to be honest. <laughs> 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 I'm actually now. Ah, oh, there he is. Uh, he's at the very bottom of the CTW list. Uh, Tamale, T A M A L E. Uh, if Zach Lomax Tamale. does move to centre, you're assuming Jack Bird does play centre, but I wouldn't be surprised if this kid grabs a spot somewhere in first grade throughout the year. And if he gets an opportunity, if there's a long term injury and you see him named, uh, he is one that I would grab in a heartbeat. But specialist center rather than could play wing. Yeah, I've only ever seen him play center. So I, th- I mean, I'm yeah, sure yeah. You, you could jag him on the wing if need be. I'm, but, I'm, um, I'm just thinking Figo has to go at some point. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah keep very, you know, I, keep him there, keep him there, bro. Because every every week I make money. Yeah, I'm betting I mean, he's I mean, the winger I mean, that's running at him. I mean, defensively, he needs to yeah. go. He's nah, the nah, cause of so many trouble. Keep keep him there, bro. Yeah, Cash so cow. that's um that's probably For what me. we're looking at at the moment, boys. But we'll okay. have uh we'll have more, and I think I'm going to narrow it down to a top five or something. Uh, we've got it's something yeah, special. It's a strong list. So, the CBA, and you know so. what? When you're putting your pre-draft list together, these are the names you start moving up 
just yeah. in case. Just in case. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a fucking sea of no names that will be completely irrelevant, but you might as well start moving these cunts up. Once, obviously, Supercoach opens and you start can start stinker tinkering with your fucking uh, pre-draft list every single morning. Mm. But these are the guys who start moving up just in case. Just I'll tell you, case. Uh, boys, who the other one is that uh, most people won't be interested in him, but – I think he's a serious sniff come round one to be halfback. I reckon Hutcher at the Bulldogs. Uh, Ooh, we Walker's been talking about Hutcher. Yeah, like we, we saw what he did at the Roosters. And, and you know, obviously, in hindsight, Robbo made the right decision, brought Walker back in and Walker killed in the mm-hmm. finals. But, Natty, once again, you can talk more on it, but I felt like it was Hutcher that actually turned your season around. Uh, yeah. He straightened everything up and he, he got the car back on the road and then Sam Walker jumped in the seat um, and put the icing on top. But... Mate, I would not be surprised at all if we get to round one and Phil Gould and Serrato have gone, Hacho, you got a little bit more experience, a little bit better defensively. We're going to go with you at halfback. He's so dependable. And the thing is, mm. he's he's a bit of a victim of his versatility. Is he he's the perfect side? 14 in every single side. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. He came on for the Roosters and just brained it. And whether that's because he had nothing to lose and he was like, look, I'm just going to fucking play with complete and utter abandonment because what have I got to lose? You know, I've got to show them what I'm worth, but also I've got to show other teams what I'm worth as well to try and get a contract, whether that was the case or it is part of his, part of his game. Um, But I agree. He's definitely a sniff there. Like Sexton was great, but it's a, it's a small sample size, isn't it? Um, And I I think they will be battling it. It's the big risk with Sexton. Like he came came on like a frog on a sock last season. I think he had a, um, I think it was a try contribution every, um, no one and a half try contributions every game. And look at the Dragon at, at the um, the Titans, he was a bit part player, and then he kind of got shafted when Foz came along. It's it's a tough one to say with 100% certainty where they're going to land and whether Serrato's had some thinking over the off-season and obviously had some chats with Gould, as you mentioned. I'm not confident. I'm huge on Sexton. um, But, yeah, I think defensively you can get caught out. Just uh, just having a look at the back end of Hutcho's season when he actually was playing halfback for the Roosters. Granted, very small sample size. I get that. Uh, he played 80 minutes at halfback against Manly, scored 42. He played 80 minutes against the Dolphins, 130. Then 80 minutes against Parramatta, scored 48. So uh, the thing that stands out for me, though, is when playing halfback in those last two games, he base started 50 and 44. Yeah, wow. Um, so, like, he's a hard worker. And, like, there's, there's other games here when he comes on at 14. He plays 38 minutes. And he, yeah, like, he's just got a lot of work in him. I, I, I love everything about Hacho and I think that if you if you go back to, you know, when Canterbury's been successful, they've been a tough, gritty fucking side. I feel like Hacho just kind of fits that. He, he just he does, fits 100%. DNA, like, yeah. The only thing I'll say, and playing devil's advocate here, is when Toby Sexton did come onto the, the Bulldog the, side, he changed Burton's game. Yep, 100%. and he really made Burton a running five eight, which is when we see the best of Burton when he doesn't have to worry about steering the ship around. So, is it that a true half for the Canterbury Bulldogs brings out the best in Burton? Yep. Will Hutcho do that? 
don't know. Could he could do? Fuck, I don't know. But I'm just saying that maybe that's why they brought Toby Sexton to the club to say to Burton, "Don't worry about fucking the X's and O's, brother. Just play eyes up," which is what he did. And you could see it in his supercoach points in in the gust of the season. There, he started fucking putting it on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's a bit to bit to go on there at the at the Bulldogs, and actually there's a lot of scenarios the Bulldogs that are very interesting. You mentioned Bronson Sherry, uh, Viliami Kikau coming back if he's fit and healthy on that left edge. That left edge is going to be fucking sexy as hell on paper anyway. Um, Max King carrying that uh, that that injury all year if he's fit. Coming in, like, he he was super consistent, Max King, throughout the entire year. And I mean, he's not a sexy pick by any means, but he might have three or four points of value in him coming into this season if he's good to go. So there are some interesting points. Critter coming into the side. I mean, someone mentioned on on um, Instagram to me that Critter might take the goal kicking. Now, I don't think that'll happen. Burton kicked it at an 85% clip last year, so I don't think Critter takes it. But, again, it's a talking point. Yeah. There's a lot going on there at the at the Bulldogs, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll be avoiding most of it, I think. Uh, I'm just not yeah. confident enough that they turn it around. Bronson becomes really interesting to me, but mm. um, yeah, I owned him a couple of years ago. He was he was a big fucking CBA for me, Bronson. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know with Canterbury. I think that Kikau, a lot of people are going to get very excited about him again. <laughs> I'm not even going to be looking at him. No, I will never touch a edge back rower that has a base under thirty nine. Bro, Kikau mm. was the most destructive back rower in rugby league at one point. He was also, in my opinion, the best ball playing back rower at one point as well in the best side we've potentially ever seen. And I think he averaged sixty. Yeah, like yeah. I just we've never uh, been a big fan of him. Like, yeah, we've we've always avoided him. It's it's almost like the eye test fools people. People are watching him on the weekend going, how is this bloke not picked up? Or, you know, like, I have to so draft this guy early. Everyone's talking about it. The, the commentators are pulling their puds over him. Do you know what I mean? You, you just get whipped up into the kick-out frenzy, and it's like, hang on. The cunt made six tackles and 11 runs if you take out his fucking line break and try. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 he's, he's, he's Nanai. He, it, Yes. Jeremiah and I and Veliyama Kikau are two edge back rowers I will never touch. Yeah, I, I just can't do it with Kikau. I'm just getting up his stats now from that year. He um, it ended up being 65 that he averaged. What do you reckon his base stat average was that that year that he absolutely fucking killed it? I'm just getting it up now. Yeah. 36, 35, yeah, 34. So yeah, mate, even, even at his absolute best, in potentially the greatest Ooh. side ever, on an edge that honestly they literally designed that entire edge around him. Isaac Tungo was right running yeah, the decoy yeah. for him every fucking time, and he was he was almost playing second row slash fullback on that edge. Um, he was essentially because Dylan Edwards never went down that side, and he averaged sixty five. I mean, fucking please. Effectively, yeah. you're you're picking a winger. Yes, yeah, yeah. And mm, that you'll get that type of score. Yeah, you, you'll have a great name that'll be frustrating as fuck. Uh, yeah. but yeah, and I'll tell you what, if if you do manage to get him, and he scores a try three, if he scores three tries in three weeks, and he's averaging seventy at that point. Trade him sell, a sell him, fucking sell sap. Yeah, sell, 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 baby. Get rid of him. Get fucking rid of him. Abort, abort. Same, abort. same goes with Jeremiah and I. Like if he catches. 
three three high balls and scores three tries in the first three weeks. Mm. Get rid of that cunt as quick as you can. Yep. So Mind you, coming off, a, coming off a 46 average, he is going to be down on a lot of people's pre-draft lists. So has the potential to slide a bit. Fuck you take that. him, Booker. <laughs> you, you, know, you know that I don't I don't like him. <laughs> oh, good gear, boys. Good gear. Lot to think uh, about. Lot to think about. The fucking the cogs are turning. Juices are flowing. I'm gonna be dreamy about some of these CBAs tonight. I don't know that much. Yeah, oh, there's man, uh, be, uh there's big things coming on the CBA way. front. It's gonna be like Nothing we've seen before, so stay tuned for that. You'd like some oh, fun. I love cannot it. wait. I'm very excited. Very fucking excited. Well, I reckon we probably reconvene with the wire again, sort of mid February. Yeah. Uh, depending on how Wooker's going, being a dad, he may be with us. Otherwise, I'll be representing the the uh, the rub down. It'll just be me in you, Guru. But we usually sort of dial in on our booms, busts, and sleepers for the 2024 season. So I yeah. think that's probably what we should do in February and give everyone our finalised picks for who we fucking like coming into the, the season. Yeah. But until then, boys, let's get out of here. Thank you very much for coming on, Guru. It's always Cheers, lovely Guru. to see those baby blues. Always a chore, never a pleasure, boys. Love you much, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Start we'll check over the sledge left from one. Cut the drive, boys. Pew, 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 pew. All right. We'll catch us next round. See you, boys.